Welcome to Meta Fae. This is the pilot episode, episode zero, of what I hope will become a more regular show going forward. And it's entitled Meta Fae because we're talking about some of the broader questions to do with FE. Hence the name Meta Fae. Now, I've been playing around with the idea of doing a show like this for a little while, but I have been busy with some other projects. And I've also been trying to work out how to do a show like this to get the intended results, to get the desired effect. What I don't want to do is to feed into some of the nonsense and the drama that so many sub-IQ people uh, love. They love. That's why they love the FE scene is because they get to take part in what is really reality TV. I don't want to get involved in that kind of thing. But what I would like to do is to talk about some of the broader things that come about when we're looking at this little tiny... A movement on the internet of people who identify as flat earth believers. And so what I'll be doing on this show is just going over some of my thoughts from what's been taking place over the last little while, and then give you some of an idea of what you can expect with this particular show going forward. So here's what we'll talk about today. I'll talk about firstly, the Ball Earth Skeptic Roundtable, which was a large part of all of this starting more than a year ago now. And for those of you who weren't around at the time, just to give you an idea of who I am and how I came to be talking about topics as crazy as flat earth. And I'll also talk about my own view on where we live, on the shape of the earth, on the this existence that we have, give you some ideas of where I'm coming from with all of this and where you can find um, more information about all of that. I'll talk about my main interest in this FE scene today, the sociological aspects of it. You can look at what's going on today and you can study some of the characters involved and you can study some of the social dynamics that are involved. And I think you can learn an awful lot, regardless of what you believe about the shape of the earth or whether you think this is a topic that's worthy of your time or of other people's time to look into or to consider, whether you think FE is entirely crazy or 100% true and the new truth, whatever you believe, there are other things you can learn just from studying this scene, sociological things. So we're talking about some of that. And then what I really want to talk about is this recent reboot that we've seen with some of the leading FE proponents. It looks as though they've decided it's time to move on from their previous, I don't want to say script because that implies certain things, but it looks as though they've decided to change things up a little bit. And what we saw today was a, a one-two punch with the uh, Patricia Steer show and then the follow-up show with Nathan Oakley, like they're trying to clean the slate and start again because it had stagnated, hadn't it, for the last few months, the whole FE scene. And uh, I think what we saw today, and I'll talk more about this in a moment, was uh, like a reboot, like a restart so that they can try to get it back to where it was before because it had been in a lot of trouble. And then I particularly want to respond to my old mate, David Weiss, from Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole, who said some interesting things on his show uh, with Nathan today, and then also talk more broadly about people like David Weiss, like the so-called Globebusters, and some of these other characters, because I think I've got a perspective that I can share with some of you, especially since some people watching this right now do believe in FE, and you do believe that these people are here to help you, and that uh, this is going to take you to salvation or change the world or whatever. And maybe you're right, maybe you are. But what I hope to give you is a perspective that might be a little bit different to that. So those are some of the things I want to talk about today. 
We'll see how we go. I might even invite some people onto the show later on to have a bit of a chat as well. But we'll see how we go. This is all very impromptu. And as those of you who are watching this in video format can see, I am a little bit tired. You should try sleeping on this couch. It's old. If, if this if this computer wasn't stuck there, I would uh, move move it and show you this couch I'm sleeping on. It's It's too small for me and I'm struggling. I am. But fortunately, I'm moving on soon. And uh, it won't be for too much longer. But uh, it is a beautiful day here in southeast Melbourne. And uh, I woke up and I saw this show that was on, this um, new Patricia show. And I thought I would just tune in for a little bit. And uh, next thing you know, here I am a couple of hours later doing my own live show. But I'm glad because I have been wanting to do this meta fade for a little while. So let's get into it then. Now, the first topic I want to talk about, for those of you who aren't already aware, why would I want to talk about these people on YouTube talking about FE. Why would I want to do that? What's the benefit of doing that? When there are so many interesting things in the world that you could be looking into or studying or talking about, why do these jokers on YouTube who sit around for hours on end, day after day, week after week, month after month, and now apparently year after year, talking about the same thing and constantly contradicting themselves, why would that be a topic of interest for me? Well, let's take a little trip back in time, shall we? to June 11, which was, that was 2015, which was when the Baller Skeptic Roundtable first went to air as an official show. That was episode one. And our guest for episode one, I believe, was Dee Murphy, Dave Murphy, who I think still floats around in this scene to this day. And of course, that ended up being a 12-week season, uh, one episode per week. For 12 weeks, it concluded on August 26 with episode 12. That was 2015 as well, obviously. And so that was uh, well over a year ago now. We're talking about 14 months since that season concluded. And a lot has changed in that time. However, if you go right back to the middle of last year, the whole notion that there'd be people around the internet on YouTube using Google Hangouts, like you're watching right now, to talk about this topic, it was novel. It was still relatively new and it was out there even for the conspiracy theory, uh, conspiracy theory realm for people who are interested in talking about things that TV does not talk about. It, this was still uh, uh, far too far. And uh, as someone who'd been involved in the so-called hoax busting community, talking about how things like the Sydney siege are fake, which they are. If you're just tuning in for the first time and you haven't heard this before, Boston bombing, Sydney siege, Sandy Hook, all fake, all completely fake, right? Don't have time to go into that now. But the point is there were people, and I was one of them, we were talking about these things uh, a couple of years ago. And then all of a sudden, this flat earth thing burst onto the scene. Mark Sargent with his flat earth clues, Eric Dubay with his uh, flat earth conspiracy burst onto the scene. And someone like me says, well, uh, I'm happy to talk about anything. Let's look at it. You know, There's no need to get triggered or to get emotional because of a certain topic. Let's just talk about it. Let's see what they've got to offer. As it turned out with Mark Sargent, he made a few interesting points about films, about what you do and don't see in certain films, and uh, also made some interesting points about the moon landings in general. Led me to go and watch that film, uh, what's it, Capricorn 1? That film from, I think, 1975. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but only a few years after the Apollo missions had finished. So you start looking to these things, and next thing you know, you find yourself thinking, man, um, there are some things I wasn't aware of. This is an interesting topic. Let's talk about it. Led to me talking about it on a weekly show I was doing at the time, which was the Sunday sessions. And I met a guy named uh, Matrix Decode, Ben. Many of you are familiar with him. We would talk about this, uh, not 
not for the entire Sunday sessions, but probably for an hour on average, I would say, for a few weeks. And it was fun. It was interesting. I was like, yeah, let's let's chat about it. What's the problem? And, uh, you know, some of the things they're saying uh, seem wrong, but some of them seem to be a good point. And what's the problem? What's the issue? There was no issue. Next thing you know, a guy named uh, David Weiss gets involved, who I knew loosely through, again, that hoax-busting community. And uh, he sees myself and a couple of other people doing a live show one night, and he says, hey, I want to join in. I, I'm, I'm into this flat earth thing. I want to talk about it. And uh, before you know it, the three of us have decided to start doing a weekly show, which I do give, and I have done this publicly before, I do give David Weiss the credit for. I'm pretty, I, the way I remember it was, it was his idea. Like he sort of pitched it as let's do a show. I'm not sure if he wanted it to be weekly. It might have just been a one-off thing, but he's like, let's do a show. We'll talk about it. We'll invite one of these people on. And he happened to know D Murphy as well as a couple of other people, Matrix Decode, subsequently contacted a few other people. And next thing you know, we're doing a, a weekly show with a new FE proponent guest every week. And so the reason why I'm talking about all of this is to give you some context. Things have changed so much in the last 14 months that if you weren't there at the time, you might not be aware of just how radical, if I can use that word, it was for someone. Okay, I only had a very small audience at the time, but for anyone with any audience to take this topic seriously and to have discussions with these FE proponents. And so as the season went on, we discussed FE with people like the Morgyle, we uh, had on D Murphy, as I said, Mark Sargent, Eric Dubay was a guest. That was one of my favorite episodes of any show that I've done. I've done probably about a hundred live shows now, maybe more. And of all the people, of all the shows that I've done, one of my favorites was the one with Eric Dubay. Not not so much for the FE, more for the other conversations that came up. It was really interesting. Uh, we also had people like Stars Are Souls as a guest. Uh, we had um, the guy with the dog has his logo. Uh, his name is Stinky Cash was a guest as well. And um, I'm sure I'm forgetting. Oh, obviously, Mark Knight, Wakey Wakey, which is how he met Ben, Matrix Decode. And they went on to uh, do the, the Flat Earth um, uh, Rebel Outpost, you know, as a result of meeting through that Baller Skeptic Roundtable. And Jeremyism was a guest as well. Now, I'm sure I've missed one or two people, but you get an idea here. Back when we were doing that show, it was groundbreaking and it played a part, for better or for worse, in this scene growing the way that it did. And uh, that was my involvement with all of it. But the whole time I was doing that show, and it was called the Baller Skeptic Roundtable, the whole time I was doing that show, I was saying, well, here's my issues with heliocentrism, but here's a few problems with Flat Earth. And I constantly made this point that just because you reject one doesn't mean you have to accept the other. So... If a flat earther says blah, 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 and you say, well, that's wrong, that doesn't mean you have to believe in heliocentrism. And if a heliocentrist says blah, 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 and you can show that that's wrong, or you can just look at the actual scientific theory for yourself and say, I don't believe it, doesn't mean you have to believe in FE either. And I was consistent with that throughout the entire season and have been consistent since. Now, a lot of people have tried to mischaracterize me. The heliocentrists have tried and, and various other people have tried to claim that I am or was a flat earther. And the flat earthers, some of them have tried to claim that I am um, a heliocentrist or I'm working for the heliocentrists, whoever they are. I'm here to hurt their flat earth movement. So you can see it's a very polarizing topic. And that goes without saying, of course, it's polarizing. But particularly in this scene, the topic of FE is very polarizing, which just makes it even more interesting to me because the way I see it, 
if someone says to you, you can't look at that topic, you can't read those books, or you can't investigate something, you can't be open-minded to a certain way of thinking, I think, well, what's your agenda? What's the problem here? Why has everyone been so conditioned to be so scared of talking about flat earth? Well, I'm not afraid to talk about it. Of course, in the time that I've been talking about it, researching it, studying, etc., I've come to the conclusion that the people who are currently promoting FE on a wide scale, many of them are at best money opportunist charlatans, at best. Some of them may be even more nefarious than that. I think some of them are far too intelligent to believe the nonsense that they've been peddling. Some of them. Some of them, I'm sure, are well-meaning people who genuinely believe that the earth is flat and genuinely believe that this is going to change the world. I'm sure some of the leading proponents do believe that, but I think several of them, and in my mind, I've got a few names that I won't go into too much detail today, but I've got a few names where I think, no, this person is far too intelligent to believe the nonsense they're spouting, but they're making money. You know, they're getting donations for their flat earth videos, or they've got a Patreon page, which I've got nothing against Patreon. I've got a Patreon myself, actually. But they've got a Patreon where all of their audience base is into Flat Earth. Or they're doing these balloon launches and getting thousands of dollars, we can only infer, from other well-meaning uh, believers to do these experiments. And so there's a lot of money in this. And there's also a lot of attention. And I think for a lot of people, just getting attention is a very powerful thing. They love attention. And so if you're doing a Flat Earth show like, say, Nathan was just earlier, there's, according to YouTube, 200 people watching live. For a lot of people, just getting that kind of attention makes something more than worthwhile. And then, of course, if you've studied things like, um, say, social psychology, the way that we work when we're in groups, the way that our perception can be heavily influenced by the perception of other people around us or by what they say and what they do, the way that what seems real to us, it seems completely real to us, the way that that realness, that reality, the way that that can be so influenced by the people we surround ourselves with, the way that groupthink works, etc. I'm sure there are people involved in this at the top, the proponents, who they believe it in a way, you know what I mean? They, they might not fully believe it, but they believe it enough to take part. So they're all different interests that are involved in this. And so as someone who's been heavily involved, say a year, 15 months ago, and someone who since then has been watching on at different times with more interest at different times with less interest, just depending on how much time I have left to engage in all of this. I found the whole thing fascinating. And so what I'm going to do today later in the show, not to a large degree, I'll save that for later episodes, but just as an overview, talk a little bit about cognitive dissonance, where that theory really comes from, what Leon Festinger, who supposedly coined the term cognitive dissonance, what he meant by that term, uh, the book of his that I read, the insights that I gleaned from that, and the way that I see so many similarities between the cult that they were investigating. That's Cognitive Dissonance came from a book called When Prophecies Fail, or at least that was the first book that was released by Festinger, the guy who coined the term. The book is meant to be a nonfiction book, and it centers on uh, the infiltration, if you like, of a doomsday aliens coming to save us cult. And so what Festinger details is the way that people behave when their views are challenged. Well, having read that book and having studied the FE scene, not just the, the flat earth topic, but the scene, this group of people who really believe this stuff, the number of similarities I see are staggering. And so with this episode, but also going forward with this season of Meta FE, Meta Fe, as I call it, 
I'm hoping to sort of share with you guys some of the insights that I've gleaned about the similarities. Many of the people who are currently partaking in this flat earth thing are acting just like people in that book that was written 60 years ago. There's a cult going on here. Now, many people don't like hearing that because when they think of a cult, they think of some group of people out in the woods where there's one leader and he, I don't know, controls everyone. And they've got some perceptions in their head of what a cult is. Many of those perceptions, I would suggest, coming direct from the mainstream media, from movies or from television, from the news, whatever. They've got an idea of what a cult is. And since this FE scene on YouTube doesn't mirror it, they say, well, it can't be a cult. But if you take the time to think about what cult behavior is, how people behave when they're involved in a cult, either leading it or taking part in it, et cetera, you'll see that actually there are many similarities. And so even just from this basic sociological perspective of, hey, there's a bunch of people on YouTube who are acting like a cult. The fact that it's all centered on flat earth just makes it more fascinating. But even putting that aside, there's a bunch of people on YouTube who will say and apparently believe one thing one week and then say and believe something the complete opposite the next week as though nothing had happened. This is fascinating to me. So I hope with this introduction, I've given you all some idea of why I'm still interested in this you know, so many months on from stopping my own show, which at the time was very, uh, was very popular show. Like for the, for the time we were by the end of the, the 12th uh, episode, we had well over 100 uh, live viewers, which at the time was a lot for a, for a live Google hangout on these sorts of topics. Uh, myself, David matrix, we worked really well together. Uh, the whole thing was uh, flowing really nice. So we could have kept on going indefinitely. And if we wanted to make money, I guess that would have been the smart thing to do. But at the time, that wasn't my interest. And I had no idea then what would happen with this scene. I mean, how many of us did? Who can say, who can sit here who's been here the whole time and say, honestly, oh, yeah, I could have predicted back in August 2015 that uh, when you guys wrapped up the ball, the skeptic round table season one, I could have predicted that uh, 15 months later, we'd have leading proponents, you know, going on intercontinental trips to, to get married and then separate and that we'd have... Um, Balloon launches after balloon launches that fail and people would still be giving up apparently thousands of dollars. We'd have people like Dan Pratt sitting in front of a camera saying he can't feed his family, so he needs flat earthers to give him money to feed his family. Who could have predicted any of that? Um, I don't think anyone can honestly say they could have predicted any of this. It just gets weirder and weirder and weirder, which is probably one of the reasons why so many people are addicted to it because where's this thing going to go next? It is reality TV but on a more intimate level because when you watch Dancing with the Stars or any of these reality TV shows that people watch, yeah, you're kind of following them through their journey through the through the season, I guess, but you know, you know that these people are not like you. Even, even the most moronic person knows you're not really like these people, whereas when you're watching something like, uh, you know, these flat earth shows, a lot of people genuinely think that they're listening to someone who's like them. Like, oh, if this person was my neighbor, we'd, we'd have coffee and talk about these things. Like, they, That's really how they see it. They're like, oh, well, I, I tune in every week. Some of these people have several shows a week. I tune in every episode and I listen and I take part in the live chat. But if, if, if I lived near one of these proponents, if I lived near Patricia Steer, if I lived near these people, we'd be friends and we'd catch up. They, that's how they really see these people. And so it's like a reality TV. It's like, it's real to them. These are really their friends. This is a real movement that they're part of. It's completely real to them. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so addictive, not just for the people who believe this nonsense, but even for people like me standing back from afar going, really? Like, 
how many times do these people have to lie to you and you realize that they told you something that wasn't true because now they're telling you the opposite before you get it through your head. So, um, so yeah, that's where I'm coming at all of this from. I hope that gives you guys an overview. What I'll do is I'll just check the live chat just to see how we're going. And we've got just over 50 people watching live. And uh, there's a few people in the live chat who I wouldn't actually mind joining me on the show. So there's a few of you there. If you want to send me through a message, I haven't got Skype. I haven't got Skype loaded up. In fact, I haven't even got Skype installed on this computer. Uh, here's what I'll do. If you guys can just bear with me, what I might do is uh, put some music on for five minutes. I'll just run it through my phone or something and then uh, get Skype installed because there's a few of you in there. I wouldn't mind you joining me, especially because this is a pilot episode. This is episode zero of MetaFay. And the way that the Baller Skeptic Roundtable started was actually from a, a random chat that I was having live one day with Matrix Decode and Event Skeptic, if memory serves me correctly, which then led to David joining. And then, uh, yeah, it all turned into the Baller Skeptic Roundtable. So there's impromptu chats, sometimes getting people on board. You never know where it might go sort of in the more uh, medium or even longer term. So there's a few of you there. I'd love to have you join me, but I haven't even got Skype installed on this computer. So I'm going to have to go and install it now and then um, see if I can remember my login details. So bear with me, guys. What I might do is just get some uh, some music going just so there's no dead air. I do happen to hate dead air. So what have I got in the older music box? What I might do actually is play for you um, part of an episode that I recently released, I recently released a podcast on my website, johnlebond.com. It's a completely free podcast where what I play is a, a show that I did, a live show that I was invited onto with Red's Rhetoric, Atheist Rex, Sean Hufford, and one or two other of their heliocentric friends, where basically they ambushed me. They sent me this random invite to, uh, to a live hangout. This was a couple of months ago, right? And I got there. And it was the first time that I'd spoken to Red's Rhetoric since episode 11 of the Baller Skeptic Roundtable. And um, very long story short, I made a complete mess of these people because for some reason they had it in their head that I was a flat earther. And of course, if you get the heliocentrist arguing with the flat earther, it really just comes down to a matter of, well, who has the better rhetoric? Because both of them are not actually operating from a logically consistent framework that's based on evidence. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment. Whereas if you get someone like me, a skeptic, and put me there in a conversation with a flat earther, say like we did with Antonio a few months ago, I'll make a mess of him. Put me in there with a heliocentrist or a bunch of heliocentrists, like what happened a couple months ago, and I will make a complete mess of them because I know the heliocentric story better than they do. And I know the flat earth story better than the flat earthers do, which is why I can pick both stories to pieces, both belief systems to pieces. It's very easy for me to do that. So they invited me to this random hangout, and that's exactly what I proceeded to do, embarrass these guys. It got, it got to the stage where they couldn't even agree with one another. How do they know the mass of the moon? It's like, well, no, how do you know the mass of the moon? This, this is serious. How do you know the mass of the moon? Okay, because Cavendish, as I understand it, the idea was he found the mean density of the earth. So he found the mass of the earth. And then by using the orbital period of the moon, then we can work out the mass of the moon. We, as in scientists, right? They couldn't even agree with themselves. Do they need to know the mass of the earth to know the mass of the moon, right? And I just got to sit there and just chill out and have fun. It's like, okay, guys, well, once you guys work out how you even know the mass of the moon, then we can have a discussion. Because right now, you're the ones trying to tell me that that big white thing in the night sky you're trying to tell me you know how much... Firstly, you know there's a solid physical object. 
And secondly, you know how much it weighs. Okay, great, fine. Maybe I'm happy to listen to this. Just, you, you could be correct. I'm happy to listen to any stories. Uh, but first, you're going to need to work out how you know the, the mass of the moon, which they couldn't even get that straight. And this is like any religious or faith-based belief system. All you have to do is know their story as well as or better than they do, find the weak points. And then when they're trying to convince you that Jesus walked on water or that this guy found out the mass of the moon or that these guys on YouTube are proving that the earth is flat or whatever ridiculous nonsense religious belief someone has, just know their story better than they do. Find the weak points and say, oh, okay, sweet. Tell me more. Tell me more, Mr. Fundamentalist Christian about Jesus walking on water. What's your, uh, what's your evidence for that? Oh, tell me more, Mr. Fundamentalist uh, Scientism Believer. Uh, you've got a mate who weighed the earth before he even had the light bulb, before electricity had a light bulb in his, in his shed. He weighed the earth. Tell me more about that. Oh, oh, really? Some guys on YouTube who run a weekly show talking about the earth being flat and make thousands of dollars from balloon launch donations, uh, they've, they've proven the earth is flat, have they? Oh, really? And they're saying that the stars go this way, but then they said the very next week the stars all go that way, and now they admit that the stars go two ways, but they've, oh, really? Tell me more. Just find the weak points and destroy them. So anyway, that's what happened. They ambushed me and I made a mess of them. So then about, a, about two weeks ago, I released a podcast with that chat, as well as some more reflections on all of this. So what I might do is while I'm getting the old Skype set up, I might just see if I've got that on the on the old uh, mobile phone. I might not even have it on here. I don't know. I've got no music. Here's the problem, guys. When you get away from pop culture, you stop watching movies, stop watching television, stop listening to the radio. You, uh, Before you know it, you realize how sick most of it is. And so all of the music that I used to listen to, even up till a couple of years ago, I just can't listen to it anymore. I mean, where, where I'm staying right now, uh, there's a person who lives here who's very dear to me. When he has a shower, and the shower's next to the room that I'm in, he uses his phone to play this terrible mainstream music. You know how like mainstream music now, it's, there's a lot of this, um, like the top 10 hits, there's a lot of this no rhythm or no set beat sort of high-pitched squealy. That's, that's become a, a popular thing now in music, like, you know, this, it's, it's horrible. It's, ter- it's just now if I had have heard that music a few years ago and it was cool and I was out, going out with the with the younger crowd back when I was a little bit younger and drinking and carrying on like a degenerate like I used to be, I would probably would have loved that music. But once you've gotten away from it for a while, when you listen to it, it's like, this is this is terrible stuff. This is not good for your mind, right? And then it's sort of what it does is it sort of undoes some of your affinity for the music that you enjoyed growing up. So the point where I don't even have I don't think I've got any music on this on this phone. I I might have some uh, Christopherson. I might have some of that. <laughs> Here we go. I've got one. I've got to beat the devil. I'm going to play this one for you. And while I'm uh, doing that, I'll get my Skype set up. Uh, there's a few of you in the live chat. You know who you are. If you want to join me for this, you're more than welcome, my friends. The only point I'll make, though, is that while I'm happy to stand here and say that I think that some people are charlatans, I'm trying my best to be cautious and diplomatic uh, for a number of reasons. And if you're an intelligent person, you can work out that it is best to be diplomatic where necessary. When someone comes out and says something that's completely untrue and takes money from morons by promoting untruths, I do think those people deserve to be called out, called to account, exposed, ridiculed, mocked, sure. But there's a time and a place 
and there's a method to do it. So if you can be tactful, by all means, come along. But if you just want to come here and sit here and criticize people who aren't here to defend themselves, then this isn't the show for you. I'm more interested to get people on who've been here, especially those of you who've been here since the baller skeptic days, since before the baller skeptic days even, who've been watching this. I'd love to get your opinions on the meta aspects, on the sociological aspects especially, but then also where this can lead you. I mean, some people are into Flat Earth now. They they really believe and they say, they openly state that this is the biggest thing, that everything else comes under this. They call it an umbrella conspiracy, right? There are people who really believe that and many of them are never going to escape that belief system. This has become their doctrine now. This has become their faith. This has become their religion. They wouldn't use those words, but any objective person can look at them and say, that's exactly what's happened. But I think there are other people where this is just one step as part of a journey. So I'm also interested to know, those of you who've been around here for a while, where did you go to next? Once you looked at Flat Earth and then debunked it or accepted it, as the case may be, or sort of just pushed it away because you wanted some more time, where did you go to next? Those are the kinds of things that I would love to chat about with you. So what I'll do is I'll chuck on these tunes and I have to play it through a phone, by the way, because whenever I use my Blue Yeti, I can't play clips through uh, through my microphone. Don't ask me why. So I'll play this through the phone and I'll get my Skype set up and maybe I'll be joined by some people on the other side. This is uh, Chris Christopherson, Beat the Devil. That was Chris Christopherson with Beat the Devil, a beautiful song. I do love that one. And uh, so far as I can tell, it's the only song I've even got on this phone these days. And uh, the point I was trying to make earlier was that uh, once you really start deprogramming, I mean really starting, not just watching nonsense on YouTube, but actually changing your life for the better, taking out some of the toxic elements that most people consider to be normal, TV being a perfect example, once you really get away from that kind of stuff, and healing your mind and healing your spirit, then a lot of the stuff that used to seem normal or fun or good to you no longer does. In fact, it seems the opposite. And that was the case with music for me. So a lot of the stuff that I used to listen to, I, uh, I just can't listen to it anymore. Not unless I'm drunk, which even that is a lot less often than it used to be as well. So that's just uh, how it goes. So the reason I tell you that story is just to explain why I didn't have uh, any other music on my phone. But I thought that was a good tune. Chris Christopherson, Beat the devil. And any person who's been engaged in all of this for uh, for long enough knows that this is largely how it is, that you can uh, you can speak the truth to what you think is the truth anyway to a lot of people. You can question them on their beliefs, but um, there'll always be people out there who'll tell you that you're wasting your time. And maybe you are. It's natural to go through phases of thinking, why am I bothering with these people? I'm talking to someone who last week told me that where I live, the stars go this way. And then the very next week, we're saying or are saying that the stars go the other way. What kind of a moron am I talking to here? And how foolish do I have to be to think that anything I say can help this person? Clearly, they're too far gone. And I think one of the benefits for me from doing this, from being involved in this scene, again, putting aside the the more basic questions of, well, what is the shape of the earth, right? And, and I say basic only in relative sense. I mean, going more towards that, again, the meta aspect, the sociological aspects. What this has taught me is that most people are very damaged people, especially the people in this scene. In fact, I'm not one of those people who denounces, you know, conspiracy theorists or anything like that. But as with many stereotypes, I think if you've been involved in this enough and you've been paying enough attention, you've probably come to realize that, yes, there is some truth to the stereotype that conspiracy theorists are weird people 
with not much else going on in their lives. That is the reality. And if that, if me saying that triggers you, then there's a good chance that you're one of the people that we're talking about here. What I've learned, and I learned this way before I was involved in this scene, was that people tend to get offended when they're insecure. So if someone says to you, well, blah, 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 and you find yourself, you know, getting offended, well, there's a good chance that you're insecure about that thing. And certainly with the with the conspiracy theory scene, if you like, the broader scene, not just on YouTube but elsewhere, but also this tiny little microcosm within it, the flat earth scene, you'll find this a lot, that people cannot handle having their views challenged. They can talk to a, a globe believer, a heliocentrist, and they can find it amusing how if you challenge the heliocentrist, they get emotional about it. But then when someone like me talks to them, a genuine skeptic of both and says, yeah, but with flat earth, you, you do know that there are flights between all the southern continents. And you do know that your leaders were saying that those didn't exist. Like you do know that. And look at how they get emotional. You see, it's the same thing. When people are insecure about their beliefs, they tend to uh, get triggered very easily. And I think that's what happens a lot. So when I state what I think is uh, a pretty easy to verify fact that a lot of people are involved in these scenes, whether it's flat earth or, you know, anti this or anti that or whatever, whatever it is, when you point out the fact that many of these people don't actually have much else going on in their lives, uh, watch how people get triggered. And if people, someone does get triggered by that, maybe you need to reconsider why you're so heavily emotionally invested in it. And uh, yeah, anyway, I could go on about all of that all day. So I covered the best. So just in brief detail, I'll talk about that in more detail some other time because I really all I gave today was an overview, but all of those episodes are still there. That's the really amazing thing, right? I've made about 200 videos on YouTube and as many of you know, on my two main channels, I number all of my videos and they go in sequential order. So I'm currently up to 1699 is the next video that I'll release. So almost 100 videos just this year alone, the one six uh, designate, is designated there for the year, that indicates the year. And then, yeah, so at the start of this year, I was like on 1601, 1602, right through. Now, if you go through my channels, you'll see that every single video is still there. I've never had to delete a video because someone has pointed out that it's wrong. Not a single, not a single one. They're all still there, right? So all of my videos are there. All of the Baller Skeptic Roundtables are still there. And yet all these people who say that I am promoting Flat Earth, or that I was promoting Flat Earth, how come they can never just find the video or the live hangout where that happened? Like you would think with 200 videos that I've made, not all of them, only a small portion, but some of them on this topic. And then with 12 baller skeptic round tables, plus a number of cameos or guests spots on other people's hangouts or shows, you'd think that someone would have found uh, some evidence that I was ever trying to tell people that the earth is flat. You would think so, wouldn't you? If you think of all the people, you think of all these people who say, oh, JLB is a flat earther. And then you look at the zero, none who've actually shown a clip of me trying to argue that the earth is flat. And you think, hmm, that's a bit of a disparity. Why does that disparity exist? Well, I would argue it's because a lot of people in this scene, they actually don't think for themselves at all. There's no critical thinking going on. And that can be a very hard thing to learn. It's, it's taken me a long time to get my head around it. This idea of, I can talk to you and you can be a human and I can be a human and we can speak the same language, English in this case, and it can seem like we're, we're similar creatures. And of course, in a way, of course we are. We're, we're both humans, right? But in a very important way, in a spiritual way, to use the word spirit for want of a better term, no, we're not the same at all. 
because I'm engaging my critical thinking faculties, which seem to be what set us apart, among other things, from the other creatures on the earth. Whereas someone who will get emotionally triggered by a challenging idea, someone who will argue against reason, but argue only for emotions, and, and those emotions are dictated by preconceived beliefs, then in a very fundamental way, I'm not actually talking to somebody who is like me. That's not to make any value judgment about the differences. It's simply to state the fact that if I'm engaging in critical thinking and I'm willing to look at evidence, look at the logical form of the evidence, change my mind as evidence changes or as someone points out logical fallacies or what have you, and I'm talking to someone who cannot and or will not do that, I'm not really talking to somebody who is like me. And it wouldn't even be fair to make an analogy of, oh, it's like talking to a child because actually many children, especially when they haven't been given unfettered access to TV or internet, many children are actually quite capable of engaging in critical thinking as well. They might not know these terms the same way that we do and their vocabularies are obviously much uh, lower than, than an adult, but they actually can engage in thinking, many children. Whereas the some of the so-called adults that we deal with in this scene, they can't, they actually cannot engage in critical thinking, which I think is one of the reasons why they ended up here. If you listen, if you go through a lot of the people who are involved in this scene, look at the live chats in some of these major shows, just basic things like the way that people interact with one another in the live chat, uh, not just what they say, but how they say it, uh, even, even basic things like spelling and grammar. A lot of these people are well below average IQ, well below average IQ. Now, why is that? Well, Many of these people, I mean, it's different for each person, but many of them, they won't be successful in society, at least in the way that society says you're supposed to be successful. Now, you can say, oh, well, I don't, I don't agree with society. I don't think you should go to university and get a job and, and earn money. That's, that's totally cool. That's fine. I'm, I'm with you on that. The thing is that if you're not involved in that part of society, then what else are you doing with yourself, right? You're, you're more likely to have more time on your hands if you're not working a full-time job you're more likely to have enough time to get involved in this. If you don't have much money, you might find it harder to get involved in the regular social circles, even people you went to school with. If they're going out to nice restaurants, you've got no money. Well, who else are you getting involved in? Uh, if you don't have a good education, you might find it hard to communicate with people in a way that makes them take you seriously. You might not be very articulate or what have you. None of these things make you a bad person. But if you add some of these factors up, you can see why, well, someone who has led the standard life or is leading the standard life the way that society says that we should, goes to college or university, gets a job, works hard at the job, uses the money from that job to uh, attract a, a nice partner. If she's a, if she's a, a woman, she meets a nice man, well, you know, whatever. They've, a lot of their time is taken up living the life that they're, that they're leading, whether they're happy or unhappy, a lot of their time is taken up. Then you look at people who don't do those things, don't go to university and get a nice job or they have uh, some other problem in their life that stops them from working or what have you. They're not engaged in that part of society. They've got more time for this part and this is where they end up and it's where they get attention, you see. So I'm not saying that everyone involved in this scene has been unsuccessful or, or not even, and I'm using the word unsuccessful again in a general sense, right? I'm not saying that everyone involved in this has anything wrong with them. What I'm saying is that if you think about it logically, who has more time to sit around Google Hangouts one to a week talking about the shape of the earth or any other topic for that matter? Well, it's the people who aren't already predisposed to leading a busy life, right? That's just the reality. And then what happens is group dynamics kick in where, okay, it might only be that 10 or 20 or 30% of the people in a live chat 
are sub 90 IQ losers. That might be the case, but they're going to have an effect on everyone else who is in the chat, you see. And then God forbid one of those people get made a moderator like that complete idiot ADR. can't even spell that. That person, I think, is almost certainly below 90 IQ, right? Just based on the interactions I've had with them. You put one of that person as a moderator, they start kicking out the people with dissenting opinions or challenging ideas or whatever. Next thing you know, you've got complete groupthink. And that's exactly what has happened with the flat earth scene to the point where now the only people they're going to attract are the sub-average IQ losers. That's the only people they're going to attract. Intelligent people might come along once every now and then. People who are like, well, I don't think the earth is flat, but I'm not going to get upset just because someone says that it is. I'll look into it. Why not? You will get intelligent people coming along like that every now and then, but very quickly they'll disappear. They'll be kicked out by the moderation and the groupthink and, and all the rest of it. They'll, be, they'll get attacked for daring to question the dogma and away they go. So it becomes like a vicious cycle where it might start off fine and with the best of intentions, the same way that Baller Skeptic Roundtable did back in, what was it, June last year, right? It can start off that way, but eventually, as we've seen, it can turn into a complete shit show full of sub IQ losers who don't actually have anything else to do with their lives, right? And that's where I think Flat Earth is particularly pernicious because some of these people who are just looking for someone to talk to, looking for someone to give them attention, looking to belong to something, they get involved in Flat Earth. The next thing they're like, yeah, I really do believe this. And they've got their leaders telling them, oh, Flat Earth is going to change the world. And you're a smart person now because you know, and you should tell people around you and yada, yada, yada. Well, these people probably are the least capable of dealing with the ostracism that will follow when they go and try and tell people that the earth is flat. Of course, they keep getting this confidence. Every time they watch a, a YouTube hangout, oh, they've, they've got their confidence. Of course, the earth is flat. These people love me and care about me. We're all having fun in the live chat and everyone agrees because everyone in the live chat agrees. As we've already explained, there's a reason for that. They feel all this burst of energy. They go and talk to their family or their friends and they start trying to spout this utter nonsense and they get even further ostracized and it's again it's another vicious cycle where it's like they feel more and more distant from their friends and family they get more and more involved in in these flat earth online scenes you see so i think i think with the first 30 or 40 minutes of the show i've given you guys an idea of some of the sociological or psychological implications of this scene that i personally find interesting and if you find them interesting then you're listening to the right show this is meta fay again this is the pilot episode but I'll be releasing more of these over the next few weeks and hopefully months. And uh, it'll give me a place to voice my opinions on all of these topics. And it will give you guys a chance to voice your opinions as well. Because as you've probably seen in the live chat so far, there's no moderator in there. There's no one banning you. There's no one banning dissent. Uh, some people can say nasty things about me. Who cares? They can say nasty things about you. Who cares? They're just words. They're pixels on a screen. It doesn't matter, right? especially people who just have different opinions. If there's someone in there who says, oh, no, the earth is definitely flat and JLB is just you blah, 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 who cares? It's just an opinion. It doesn't matter, you see? Why is it that these leading flat earth shows, with one notable exception, and I'll talk about that in a moment, why is it that they have to censor dissent so much? Why is that? I don't know the the breakdown of the people who are watching this or listening to this show right now, how many of you are flat earth believers who are just interested in hearing a different opinion? How many of you are heliocentrists who are just interested in hearing a different opinion? How many of you are genuine skeptics like myself who don't believe either of those silly belief systems? I don't know who's listening to this show right now, but for those of you who are flat earth believers, who really believe that your leaders are going to help you in some way, my question for you is why, if you guys have the truth on your side, 
do you, do your leaders have to ban all dissent in the live chat? If you've taken the time to study some social psychology, some group psychology or herd behavior, if you like, you might know the answer to why they have to ban dissenting opinion. You can't have one person crack the consensus. Consensus cracking, that is when one person comes in, you've got a whole bunch of people who all believe the same thing, one person who is able to challenge the dogma or the doctrine, whatever it might be, can have a profound effect on the entire group. And that's one of the reasons I have a lot of respect for Nathan Oakley. Now, this is a topic I've been wanting to talk about for a while. I know there are some people out there who don't like Nathan Oakley because he does, well, there's a number of reasons, but one of them is he has this habit of every now and then going into what I call devil mode, where he just starts saying and acting really nastily. And it's pretty full on. And I personally don't care for that. However, I'm not going to judge uh, a man I've never met, a man whose only interaction I have with him is via this computer screen. I'm not going to judge him as a, as a man or as a human based on a small amount of his behavior online. I'm not going to judge him. I don't, firstly, it's not my place. But secondly, who cares what my judgment is of him as a person? Anyway, it doesn't matter. What matters is what he presents to the world through his channel. By watching some of his shows, I've gotten some things out of them, right? By being part of some of his shows, I've got some things out of them. Now, some people can't separate the two. They're like, no, no, if I don't like a person, I can't watch them, I can't listen to them. And, and that's that's what I'm talking about. These people who think with emotion, they don't really think, they're just driven by emotion. They're like Pavlovian dogs. That's just how a lot of people are, the majority probably. But then there are people like me who say, well, you can, if you want to carry on like a, like a, like a devil or like a little a child, I just won't be around you when you're doing that. I've got no interest in it. However, if I know that I can take part in a live show with you and have an interesting chat and that some people in the live chat might enjoy it as well, no problems. I've got no issues with that. And that's the way I see Nathan Oakley. So I don't know why he does his little devil mode behavior every now and then like he does. I'm not sure if it's part of some shtick of his. And I said to both he and Antonio on a recent uh, live, not live chat, a recent behind the scenes chat that we had a few weeks ago, I said to, to him and to Antonio, I don't know what their shtick is. I mean, you look at, they're both intelligent people, in my opinion, uh, especially Nathan. They're both intelligent people, right? Some of the things that they say, I can't understand how intelligent people can, can believe these things. But then I think, well, a couple of years ago, I thought I was intelligent. And look what I believed back then. Uh, just a few years ago, I still believed humans evolved from, from fish, for Christ's sakes, right? So intelligent people can believe ridiculous things, right? So, you know, what, what, what is Nathan and Antonio's overall agenda? What is their uh, shtick? What, what are they doing here? I don't know. I honestly don't know. What I do know is that if you go back and listen to that Nathan Oakley show, his story is written where I made a little appearance on the show with him and Antonio. I listened back to that maybe a month or two ago, and I thought it was terrific. It was a really enjoyable, interesting discussion. I thought all three of us had interesting points to make. We bounced off one another really well, which is very important in a group show. Rather than just having one person say this and one person say that, we were able to build on what each other was saying. And um, I personally found it fun to be part of at the time, but even better listening back. And um, that wouldn't have happened if it weren't for Nathan, you see. And then you look at the show that he did today where he gave the little moderator thing to me while I was in the live chat so that the other moderators couldn't bear me, which is exactly what they did. That's what they did before he gave me the moderator thing. And uh, just by having me in there, consensus cracking, which is what I was doing, that might not have been my original intent, but that's exactly the way it would have played out. If you look through the live chat, the way that it worked, these people couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle having one person say, yeah, but the Globebusters did say that the stars go that way. And then they said the stars go that way. They did do that. And people, they can't handle that, you know, or David Weiss, people saying, oh, David Weiss, he's just a normal guy. And I'm like, yeah, well, I've, I've never accused him of being a shill. Uh, but this idea that he's a normal guy is a bit, it's a bit odd because 
is a 50, 60-year-old man wearing 20 or 30-year-old man clothes, and he does a weekly podcast with two of his mates. All three of them are Jewish. That's not a normal thing. It's not normal for three people to all hang out talking about conspiracies on a weekly show. That's not normal for a start. Definitely not normal that they're all Jewish. Definitely not normal that they're all from New York and connected to uh, a media uh, empire, if I can use that. None of this stuff is normal, okay? It doesn't mean that he's a shill, but let's not just pretend that this guy is a normal guy, all right? And that's the point I made. They tried to ban me for that. You see what I'm saying? Consensus cracking. Just having one person saying, hey, listen, I'm not accusing anyone of being a shill here, but let's just look at the facts. These guys make this claim and that claim. Uh, this guy hangs out with his fellow Jews in a Jewish-run media conglomerate talking about conspiracies and now does his best to promote flat earth and mix in all other conspiracy topics with it. These, these, these things are worth discussing. These things are not normal. They're facts that are worth discussing, you see. Consensus cracking. They can't have that. But Nathan, to his eternal credit, can. And uh, I thank him for that. And in fact, it was if, if that weren't the case, if they'd have banned me from that live chat, I would have just walked away and done something differently today. And I probably would have been very productive today. But I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm doing this show instead. I've been putting it off for too long. So thanks largely to the fact that I was able to express my opinion in the live chat. Once again, see people getting triggered by a challenging opinion, seeing all these flat earthers getting triggered by a challenging opinion. I thought to myself, no, let's do an after show. Let's do Meta Fay pilot episode, which is exactly what we're doing right now. So, uh, so yeah, thank you very much, Nathan, for the uh, for the time that you've given me in your flat earth shows. When you're when you're surrounded by people who are telling you you can't you can't talk to JLB, he he debunks flat earth. You can't talk to him. He's going to bring the whole thing down. And Nathan's saying, well, and look, I don't even know what Nathan's agenda is. Maybe he only wants to have an association with me to build his own. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing, right? I, I don't know his motivation. All I can judge is the consequences, the effects. And the effects are that by him being willing to have me express my opinion, a whole bunch of flat earth believers are being exposed to another opinion, which might help them. Now, how many of these flat earth believers are actually going to change their mind if new evidence or new ideas are presented to them? Few, if any, but we only get a chance of that few, if any, if they're exposed to those different ideas. And again, wouldn't happen without Nathan. So thank you very much. Now, moving on, I've covered Besser, uh, the recent podcast. Yeah, so just uh, just to finalize that one, if you go to johnlebon.com, in fact, you know what? I might even screen share it. Let's just, let's just get some screen share action going on. Let's have a look here. Um, start screen share. Uh, I don't know if this is coming through. It's always hard when you do a show by yourself, you see. So, but we'll see how we go here. All right, so if you go to johnthebond.com, this is johnthebond.com right here. This one took me out. You wouldn't believe how long it took me to make this, seriously, but I'm very proud of it. I think it's a pretty cool banner. Anyway, if you scroll down to latest podcasts and check out Debate, Heliocentrists versus JLB, about 11 comments there right now already, you can download that for free. I highly recommend if you're someone who is relatively new to this and or you're someone who genuinely wants to hear proper discussions between people who've at least done some research. And look, Red's rhetoric, you guys might not like him, but he does know a lot more about heliocentrism than some guy on the street. I mean, you look at some of these leading flat earth proponents as well. They'll have a debate. They'll have this live debate with someone who's never actually been exposed to flat earth and never had to look into heliocentrism properly. Of course, a rookie flat earther can destroy a noob heliocentrist by pointing out some of the problems, right? Of course that can happen. It's like beating up on bums, man. But that's why these flat earthers won't take me on. And, and this is where Antonio, 
to his credit, at least he did. People like Bob from Globebusters won't get involved in a debate with me because he knows I will annihilate him. David Weiss wouldn't take part in a live debate with me on Flat Earth because he knows I will annihilate him because I know their story properly. You see, it's a bit like um, if you take, suppose you take a guy and you teach him some very basic jujitsu, right? Just some very basic jujitsu. He's going to be able to, to mess up the average tough guy at a, at a pub because the average tough guy at a pub doesn't know the first thing about grappling, right? So all he has to do is take it to the floor and it's fight over, right? Because most people have no defense. Well, the average person who believes in heliocentrism has no defense when they get challenged on heliocentrism. They believe in a mythical fable of the earth flying around through space, right? They've never questioned it. Many of them have never even been exposed to someone who questions it. So when you start asking them questions like, yeah, okay, but how can you prove that we're spinning? Well, of course they can't, right? They're complete rookies. So what happens is these flat earthers like to take on the bums who've never really questioned it because it's easy to make them look silly, right? But it is just as easy for people like me to make them look silly, you see? So anyway, moving on, where was I? Oh, yeah, the podcast. Yeah, so these guys, they invite me to their hangout and, um, and yeah, I, I make a mess of them. So you can go and download that one for free. And uh, all of the links are provided just like they always are. And uh, yeah, so if you're someone who's genuinely interested in a discussion between people who know their stories, at least know their stories a little bit, and Reg Riddick does know his story better than most heliocentrists know their story, this is the podcast for you completely free. You can download it. There is the download link or you can just play it straight through the player. Go and check it out. If, if you're someone who's genuinely here for genuine information, real discussions between real people, that's the podcast for you. If you're someone who wants to believe in flat earth or someone who wants to believe in heliocentrism, and it really means a lot to you that you're allowed to believe in it and feel like you're part of something, you're part of uh, wide stream, uh, mainstream society who believe in heliocentrism, or you're part of the flat earth movement, then don't listen to this podcast, right? Because it will mess you up. But if you are one of the relatively few people who actually cares about truth, evidence, logic, reason, consistency that's the podcast for you so we'll just draw a line under that one i think i've given a good overview of my interest in flat earth particularly the sociological aspect of it now i want to move on to the reboot let me just stop presenting here there we go we're back so what i'll do is i have had a couple of messages on skype guys i'll send you the link in like 10 15 minutes and i'll invite you on and we'll round out the show with uh, a round table the Meta Fay Roundtable. That's what's going to happen in about 10 or 15 minutes. But just bear with me. I want to talk about this reboot today. And then maybe you guys can share your opinions once you get on. So what happened? It's Okay, so I'm looking at the sociological aspects, which are very interesting. But I think there's also uh, this interesting, not so much the sociological aspect, I guess more the, the more basic human interest, right? Uh, I could sit here and say, oh, no, my, all of my interest in uh, in the flow of the scene is entirely intellectual. And I, I wish I could say that. But there's a part of me that is interested in the drama. I'll be honest. There is a part of me that finds the uh, the different decisions that are made and the way that the leading proponents uh, carry on with each other. I do find it interesting just from a, a, a basic, raw, uh, human emotion, sort of human condition, human experience I do find it interesting. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I do. And I find it really interesting what's been happening lately the last couple of months. The whole um, Antonio and, and Patricia thing where he goes, she comes over to, to England, right? She's one of these leading flat earth proponents. She's come out of nowhere, doesn't even have a channel, has no apparent experience in conspiracies or any alternative thinking, anything like that. 
all of a sudden, she's Mark Sargent's darling, uh, you know, prodigy. And he promotes the hell out of her, and now she's interviewing all these people, and she's really good at what she does, right? Really good. She's very well spoken, very well presented. She knows how to ask guests questions to get them speaking, to keep conversation fluid. These are skills that most people don't have. These are skills that most people don't really in their day-to-day lives need. Who needs to know how to be an interviewer? Who knows? Who needs to know how to be a broadcaster, right? I think they're useful skills to have, but how many people actually need these skills? Almost nobody. So it's very rare that people involved in this scene have these abilities and have these skills. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Patricia is uh, on the scene and she's interviewing person after person, building up her audience very quickly. Had that early uh, thing going on with Stars Our Souls as well. And uh, before you know it, she's rocked up 100 episodes, 100 live hangouts, the vast majority of which are just talking to random chumps on YouTube who have nothing original, interesting or unique to offer anybody right? They're just regurgitating the same nonsense. They might have their own interesting personal story. I mean, most most people, if you take the time to listen to them, they'll have a story to tell about their lives, right? If you take the time to listen to them. But it has nothing to do with flat earth or the shape of the earth, heliocentrism. Definitely has nothing to do with research or science, right? The vast majority of these people are just just regular people in their, in their rooms who watch YouTube videos about flat earth, right? That's the reality. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's like, who... Why, why would any sane man want to regularly tune in to a show between a woman with no experience in research or alternative thinking, interview, who's come out of nowhere, by the way, interviewing a guy who spends his spare time watching videos about, about any topic, any topic, let alone flat earth, but any topic. Why would you want to? Well, apparently people do. So the show got very popular and she was doing really well. And uh, all the while, Nathan Oakley started his uh, own show as well. He's another good interviewer as well, actually. I'll give him credit for that as well. He starts his own show and he's talking to people like uh, fake, this is late 2015, talking to people like fake spaceman in space and um, these sorts of people. I think he had Mark Knight on there as well. That was a good one, actually, the one with Mark Knight. So he's talking to people, getting them on his show and he's building up his brand, if you like. And I don't mean that in a cynical way. I just mean he was building up his own platform here in this scene. And uh, and then next thing, uh, Antonio starts uh, getting involved with Nathan. I don't know how they even cross paths, but next thing, you know, they're a regular thing. And then there's this crossover between those two and Patricia. And then, of course, Sargent's involved. David Weiss gets involved. They're all on good terms with Globebusters, so there's a crossover going there. And before you know it, you've established this leading group, at least from the social side, right? None of them even get close to Eric Dubay when it comes to releasing material, like a book. None of them get close on the research or intellectual side, if you like. But on the social side, on the presentation side, broadcasting side, these guys are now the ruling clique. They're the ruling elite. They're the ones who are running the show. They're the ones who are choosing the moderators to silence dissent in their live chat. Okay, well, it's up. this is all their prerogative. They've got every right to do all of this. It's all very interesting. Next thing you know, they've organized a hangout, like a, a real-life hangout in England, which I think is really cool. Any topic, whether it's this topic, whether it's um, any topic that you find interesting, the idea of meeting people online like this and then actually meeting them in real life and trying to build real friendships, I think that's really cool. So good on them. And I think that was Nathan as well who organized that. I might be wrong. Forgive me if that was someone else, but I think that was Nathan. So they organized this. Patricia from the US flies over there and meets them. Wow, this is huge, right? Then Patricia, who's been doing this whole um, faux flirty thing with Mark, or he's been doing it with her, and it's almost like this love interest angle. It's been helping to build her show. And, you know, they get Mark on every now and then. And he, Mark, he always, he, he always has these um, self- uh, mocking, self-effacing jokes about, 
oh, I look like Shrek, whatever. But in real life, actually, he's tall. He appears to be in relatively good shape for a man of his age. He's well-spoken. He's intelligent. He has, he's apparently single. He's apparently got some cash. The guy has a lot of things going for him, actually, if we're being serious here, by modern world standards. And then you've got Patricia, who is, um, okay, obviously she's a bit older, but she's also very photogenic as well. Compared to the average person in the average suburb, in the average city, in the average country, these two are almost like a glamour couple. You might think that that's crazy, but just go to your local shopping centre and look around, right? As far as this level of reality TV goes, these two are actually, there could be something here, right, in terms of drawing in the crowd. Anyway, and if you don't understand what I'm saying, don't get triggered, don't get upset or say, oh, JLB is saying that they're a cute couple. I'm not, I'm not saying that, all right? Listen to what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they're both far more presentable and photogenic than the average person, and it is the average person who's watching all of this stuff, right? So it looks like they've got this love interest angle going on. Anyway, they have uh, Patricia flies over to England, and she's part of this um, you know, live catch-up, 10, 20, maybe 30 people, I don't know. And um, she also hosts her own... This might have been before she... Oh, she meets Antonio, right? And, and they get along really well, which works out good because... Just before she left to go to England, if memory serves me, my timeline might be out here, she'd also hosted her own um, flat earth, what do they call it? Mixer, a mixer. I've never heard that word before. It might be an American thing, but having this mixer for people to get together, Mark Sargent, what's he done? Oh, goodness gracious. He's gone and been involved in a sex tape. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Just when flat earth was getting big and everyone thought it was going to get mainstream attention, one of the leading dudes, the guy who was in charge of flat earth clues that got all of this thing big, He's gone and been involved in a sex tape. Never mind that there's no sex or even nudity in the tape. It's just a middle-aged man clowning around with some, um, I don't know, 30, 35-year-old women. That's all it is, right? But it's a scandal in the flat earth world, right? It's a big scandal. So uh, so now uh, they're off. It's over for those two. Well, good thing for Patty that when she goes to England, she meets up with uh, Antonio and next thing you know, a new romance is a Bruin. And we all know that if you want to boost the ratings, there's a few easier ways to do it. One of those ways is with a romantic love interest. Now, I'm not saying that that was their motivation. Those two might have really been in love. I don't know. I don't know these people, okay? I, I watch this computer monitor. That's all I've got of these people, right? That's practically nothing. So I don't know uh, anything about these people. But just looking at it objectively, it's like, well, this she lost a love angle with old, old uh, sex tape sergeant. But now we've got Antonio. And at the time, Antonio's reputation in this scene was still relatively good. So anyway, it uh, turns out there's a romance of Bruin. So much so, in fact, that after she's returned to the US, they're talking all the time. They're in love. She's going she's gonna to fly over to England to be with Antonio forever. Best friends forever. Like uh, It's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. And it's like, wow, this, I thought this could be a huge ratings boon for them. Uh, putting it could be good for their lives if they love each other really then that's great as well but in terms of the the ratings this could be this could be a great thing for them but what i had misunderstood or not probably identified was that antonio actually wasn't that popular with the flat earth scene to begin with then this has nothing to do with my opinions of the man because like i said i respect him for at least having the, the courage to show up to a debate with me Okay, when he challenged me to the debate, he didn't, he didn't actually know who I was or what was going to happen, but he still turned up. He still took part. He was still uh, pretty well behaved and um, he still conducted himself like a man afterwards. He didn't, not necessarily immediately afterwards, he went on that live show and said some silly things. But after that, he was still pleasant to talk to to me and I, I was trying to be pleasant to talk to to him. So I give him full credit for all of that. So this is not me talking about my opinions of the man. This is looking at it 
the way that, say, a, um, an audience analyst would analyze the market share of the leading shows, turns out he actually wasn't all that popular, largely because he, he talks a lot, constantly interrupting, and many people are put off by the chain smoking, among other things. But then he really goes and puts his foot in it by saying some pretty ordinary, some very bad things about a female uh, flat earther. Well, guess what? You've just lost the a large part of your of your demographics who are who are watching this stuff. The kind of people who are liable to get involved in the social side of all of this tend a lot of them tend to be middle aged females. Well, guess what you've just done? You've just alienated yourselves from all of those middle aged females. When a, when a man says really horrific things about or really bad things about uh, a female's appearance or her figure or her body or these sorts of things, man, that turns off the other women so quickly, especially the middle-aged women, man, they can't stand that stuff. So guess what Antonio's just done? He's just gone and alienated a huge part of not only his and Nathan's audience base, but Patricia, Patricia's as well. Like, what have you just done, mate? What have you done? Oh, no. So next thing you know, Patricia's uh, ratings uh, are tanking, not going very well at all. She starts, uh, I, I thought this was actually a pretty cool thing. She does this, she did this book, where she was reading out the book 1984 by George Orwell. If only more people actually read 1984 by George Orwell, right? If only people did. I know a lot of people who tell me they read books, but you look at the books and it's like, you haven't actually read that book, dude. You've got the book, but you haven't read the book, right? Or, oh, no, we had to read that book in high school. And it's like, yeah, you had to, as in it was on your prescribed reading list, but you could pass without reading it, right? Yep. And most of the kids didn't actually read the book, did they? No, no. So, so most people in this scene, haven't even read George Orwell, 1984. How incredible is that, right? So Patricia tries to to come up with a new way to attract more of an audience by reading the book, 1984. I think this is a really cool, personally, I think good. It'd be nice if some of these people realized what was written in that book, right? That book was written just after World War II, right? And he's talking about how they fake bombs in London to scare the populace. Well, what do you think the V2 rockets were, guys? Seriously. You think Germany sent thousands of rockets over? Do you really believe that? Jesus. Anyway, I don't want to get sidetracked here. So anyway, so she's doing that, but it's not working. It's it's not working. The the views aren't coming back. It's over. Uh, in, in the live chat, there's even a bit of consensus cracking going on with people like Victoria Sartre, whatever her name is, saying that I don't like Antonio anymore. And a, a lot of the, the commenters uh, are cracking the consensus by saying, no, we're, we're done with Antonio. It's, we don't like him, Patricia. We, 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 we don't like you being with him. And uh, as amazing coincidence would have it, things haven't worked out between uh, Antonio and Patricia. And uh, now she's back in the US. And sure enough, just uh, shortly after touching down, she's back and she's got an all-star cast ready to go. There's Mark Sargent. There's David Weiss. There's Nathan Oakley. There's Jaron Campanella. All of the big Flat Earth crew from, say, late 2015, early 2016, they're all back together for another reset. Isn't that interesting? Now, again, I don't know Antonio. I don't know Patricia. I don't know these people. Is it possible that they're real people who genuinely fell in love or had a genuine romance where they really thought they were going to be together forever? To me, of course, that's possible. I don't know. Like, if, if someone tries to say to me, no way, JLB, it was a cynical move to boost ratings and it was all part of a plan. The plan didn't work out, but it was all planned and it's very obvious and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, that's your opinion, but do you know these people? No, you don't. And, and I definitely do not either. And that's an, another point that I try to make to people. You're watching it through a screen. How much do you really think you can know about people just by watching them through a screen? Really? 
how much do you really know? I mean, they call it the fourth wall for a reason. Even this room that I'm in, you've got that wall, that wall behind me. You can't see, but that's a window over there. You have no idea what's there. No idea, right? Uh, it's I can see it. It's a wall, but you don't know that. For all you know, this is a set. For all you know, this could be a, this could be a set, right? My uh, my producer could have said to me last night, "You're getting on the piss with your mates, and you're not going to sleep tonight because we need to make you look like an itinerant hobo for the video tomorrow, right?" That for all you know, that could have happened, right? You don't know. You're not here, right? We don't know the truth about any of these people. All we can go by is appearances and not just any appearances, thin appearances, right? Your screen. Take a look on the side of your screen. Look, look, I think it's a few millimeters thick, right? We're going on a, we're going on 2D appearances, right? A couple million pixels at best. We don't know. So I don't know. So if, if Antonio and Patricia really are uh, real people who've just gone through a traumatic uh, breakup or whatever, then I feel for them. I feel sorry for them. It's a shame. Like I'm not, there's no pleasure. It, the part of me that thinks it's possible that those two are, are real people, I, I feel no joy at all for what's happened to, if, if, it, if it's real, do you know what I mean? But the point is I've got no reason to think it's real or not real. I have no idea. So I don't think about it. I'm looking at this from the uh, perspective of an audience analyst and I'm thinking to myself, well, once Antonio put his foot in it, disenfranchised a whole bunch of their audience members and Patricia's rocketing career went went down the gurgle with him or was at the risk of it. The the sever was made and now she's back and they're rebooting again. The same way that she rebooted after the Mark Sargent sex tape scandal. Well, uh, they're, they're rebooting again. And to a large extent, you can guarantee it will work because a lot of these flat earth believers, they love it. They love having all of these people. Oh, I watch her videos. I watch his videos. They're together and they're talking about flat earth and oh, they, they get a rush. They get a huge rush from it. They love it. And so the reboot will work. This little thing that they've just done, it will be successful. And in a couple of months, look, it depends on how Antonio plays his cards from this point on. But if he if he just sort of lets lets things be and doesn't uh, doesn't cause any trouble, then within a couple of months, people will be like, what? Patricia was with Antonio? When? You know what I mean, that's how people have very poor attention spans too. You have to understand this very poor attention spans. You might think to yourself, Oh, I remember what I was doing four years ago, and I remember this. And it, maybe you do, maybe you don't, right? But don't assume that everyone is paying the same amount of attention and has the same attention span that you do, right? Literally, the Globusters can get away. They literally did this telling their audience that everywhere on earth the stars rotate in one direction, and then the next week the stars actually rotate. They can get away with that, right? And so, and so, it's not just about how much attention people are paying; it's about how much how much they care. They will selectively remember what helps the worldview that makes them feel good, and they will selectively fail to remember the parts that don't fit in with the worldview that makes them feel good. So, give it a couple months, and it'll be Antonio. Who's Antonio? You know, just like that. Or really, Antonio was with Patricia. When was that? It will happen very quickly, my friends, because these people, what they want to do is feel good. They feel good thinking that all of the leading flat earthers are on the same side. They're going to lead them to salvation. This is going to go mainstream, going to change the world. The fact that this thing happened a couple of months ago where two of them thought they were in love or at least told the world they thought they were in love and within a month or two couldn't stand each other and see you later, I'm, I'm packing the cats and I'm out of here. doesn't fit in with that, with that worldview, you see. This is all very interesting to me. So that's why I talk about it. So let's see. So we've done Baller Skeptic Roundtable, the recent podcast, which you can check out on johnlebond.com, 100% free. Uh, my interest in flat earth, as I've said, there's a sociological aspect of it. 
There's also, as I've openly admitted, I do have a bit of a human interest in all of this as well. Hey, I'm human as well too, okay? This is interesting to me. I admit it. And listen, I don't watch television. I don't have Netflix. I don't even own a television, right? I um, I don't watch movies, okay, unless it's a, a relevant movie. To I'll give an example. I watched Jurassic Park the other day, right? Because obviously I'm working on this dinosaur thing. So I went and watched that film. But I haven't seen a new film. I don't even know for how long. I don't, don't watch movies and I haven't seen any of the Star Wars haven't seen any of the Fast and the Furiouses. Uh, whatever's out at the moment, I just don't, I don't, I don't watch any of the fucking superhero movies. Nothing. So really, this is the only external um, drama that I'm exposed to. So even if I'm, even if my main focus is the sociological aspect, fine. I'm still going to find myself watching on with interest as the different personalities uh, do what the different personalities do. So. My interest in FE started off just genuine, oh, yeah, well, I'm pretty sure we're on a giant spinning ball going around the sun, but what the hell, let's look into it. So it started off intellectual uh, from a research perspective. Eventually, I worked out what I now know, which is that both belief systems are just religious belief systems that make people feel good. But my interest continues from the sociological aspect and then also from the human interest aspect. And uh, the reboot today, I'm looking forward to some of you joining me in a moment to talk about the reboot. I want your opinions. What do you think about the reboot? Is it going to work? I think it will, but we'll see what you have to say for yourself. Uh, I've talked about, yeah, just on just on the David Weiss thing. Listen, I've said many times what a pleasure it was to work with him and Ben, uh, Matrix Decode, on the Baller Skeptic Roundtable. And I'm still very proud of the content that we produced. I'm no longer proud of the impact that it had because at the time I thought, what we were doing was encouraging people to question things. Stop making it to, there shouldn't be taboos about questioning things like where people believe they live, right? I'm not saying there should be no taboos in society. Maybe a man who wants to do lots of things with lots of women or a woman who wants to do lots of things with lots of men, maybe they're better off doing that in the privacy of their own room, like their own sexual mores or whatever. Maybe maybe there's an element that taboo does help society in that respect. But the idea that they're teaching children that we all live on a giant spinning ball and some people are like, no, I don't, I don't think they're telling the truth. That should not be taboo, I think. And so what I thought we were doing was helping to make it more accessible, make it more okay for people to talk about these things. And to an extent we were, and I thought, you know, I was naive at the time. I thought that there were more people like me who were actually reading books. I mean, if you, you want to you trigger a flat earther, just point out to them they haven't read a single book, right? Eric Dubay's Flat Earth Conspiracy. I got my copy for $10 PDF. That's not expensive. Anyone can afford that. So all of these people saying that they believe in the flat earth, it's going to change the world, whatever. It's like, okay, cool. So when did you read Dubai's Flat Earth Conspiracy? Oh, I haven't read it. Okay, so when did you download and read Carpenter's book or any of the other people's books that were written ostensibly 100 years ago? Oh, no, I haven't, I haven't read them. Okay, so this is something that's true and going to change the world, but you don't have enough time to read the books, but you've got enough time to sit around watching Hangouts. Okay, cool. You want to trigger a flat earther, just point out that out that they don't read books, they might come back to me and say, oh, I have, I downloaded, I went to the Flat Earth um, Conspiracy Forum and I, I downloaded um, Parallax's book and I, I, it's like, okay, how much time did you spend reading it? Honestly, just use the word honestly because that'll get them most of the time. It's like, well, they haven't, haven't even read the books. That's the reality. When you want to trigger them, just point out they haven't read the books. So, yeah, so anyway, so I, th- I thought at the time that there'd be more people like me actually reading the books, doing the thinking, studying. That's what I thought. I was naive. So, uh, so yeah, the actual impact that we had, the overall effect, um, I'm no longer proud. Of, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't, I haven't got negative emotions so much, but I no longer think to myself, oh yeah, it's a great thing that we did that show. And I, I'm not, no, I don't, I don't think that the actual content, if you go and listen to the episodes, they're still terrific episodes from a production standpoint and all the rest of it. I'm still very proud of that, but 
the actual impact I'm not so proud of. But in saying all of that, Weiss was for the most part a pleasure to work with. So was Ben Matrix Decode. They were terrific and um, and nothing's ever going to change that. My issue with Weiss, and he brought this up on this show that he was doing with Nathan or Nathan kind of prodded him to do it. My issue with Weiss is that the guy is an intelligent guy. If you guys can't work out that he's intelligent, then you're probably below average intelligence, right? That's that's generally how these things go. An intelligent person who wants to convince others that or wants them to believe that he's not that intelligent, he's going to be most successful with the dumb people, especially because dumb people love to think that they're smarter than everyone else. So they'll look at someone like David Weiss and I think, oh yeah, these things that he's saying that are completely untrue, that's just an accident. He's just he's just he's just this lovable old grandpa who just gets a bit excited and and produces videos that maybe he should have thought a bit longer about, but he means well. And it's like, okay, so you chances are you're probably below average intelligence yourself and that's how he's pulled this trick on you. He's a very intelligent guy, far too intelligent to believe things like the blue screen ISS thing that happened. What was it, March? Was it March or April of maybe February, March, April of this year? That blue screen nonsense. He's too intelligent to believe that, in my opinion, okay? Or then when he said on the Baller Skeptic Roundtable, because remember, I was actually challenging Flat Earth back then. I was like, yeah, but okay, so we, we haven't got any video evidence of the flights existing between Australia and South America. But if we do get that evidence, that's that's a pretty big strike against Flat Earth, isn't it? And then David Weiss says, yeah, that would kill the Flat Earth, destroy it. He used several different terms to say, yeah, it would end it, right? So then he comes out, he's on a live show with the Globebusters and they've got Max Egan on the show and he says that he took the flight. Oh, so the flight definitely exists then because we trust Egan, right? And um, and it's like, oh, then you've got Jaron and Bob like, hold on. What you're telling us, Max, is that on your flight, the compass went like this. That's actually proof of a flat earth. So the Globebusters have done what they always do. They'll say one thing until it's disproven. And then they'll say, well, actually, okay, but this proves flat earth as well. You see, this is what they do. That's what happened with David Weiss. He's like, oh, yep. Um, Max Egan has just proven the flat earth. And it's like, hold on, mate. Uh, not long ago, you were saying that if those flights existed, it categorically disproved flat earth. And now you're saying the opposite. This is a contradiction. You might be able to come out and say, well, look, here's why I believe that. Here's why I believe this. Yes, they're in contradiction, but here's why I now go with this belief. Let me explain why that one was wrong. I did say, you could come out and do the honorable thing and just say, yeah, I said that. I did say that based on what I said and what's since happened then, that does look bad for me. However, here's my new view and here's why I believe. You could do that. David didn't do that. He came out. And this is another thing that, uh, let's say, crafty people do. He went straight on the offensive, right? And this is a tactic that's taught by people like Saul Alinsky and these other people. Never come out and defend yourself. Go on the attack. So I've made a video saying, uh-oh, uh, David, you've, you've just... Um, in fact, it was in a comment. He left a comment somewhere accusing me of something. And I was like, well, I've got the evidence on my side. So here's a clip of what you said. And now here's a clip of what else you said. The two don't go together, do they, David? And instead of coming out and saying, well, look, I did say that, but no, no, came out and attacked me and accused me of misquoting him, right? How about that? So it's like you, you're trying to convince hundreds, maybe thousands of people all around the world that the earth is flat. You said that if flights exist between Australia and South America, you said that they don't exist, but if, if it was proven that they do, it disproves flat earth. You said it live on the air. And then when the flights you accepted as being true, you came out and said that was actually proof of the flat earth. So there's a complete, clear, obvious contradiction in play here. And rather than say, yep, well, you did catch me on a contradiction and, and, and thank you for pointing that out. Let me go and correct what I said. No, 
came out and attacked me. That's the kind of person we're dealing with here with David Weiss. And if you think that he's doing this because uh, he's erratic or emotional or a lovely old grandpa, go on believing that, you fucking idiot. This guy is a very intelligent person. He knows what he's doing. He's too intelligent to believe a lot of the crap that he says. That's my opinion, okay? I'm not saying that the guy is a bad guy. I'm definitely not saying that he's a shill. What I'm saying is that he's an intelligent guy, too intelligent to believe the nonsense that he's saying. He has said many things which he's either contradicted himself or have since been contradicted by new evidence that's come to light. He, so far as I'm aware, hasn't taken any ownership of any of the dumb things he's said or done. He just carries on his merry way and he gets away with it because he's saying things that a certain small microcosm of YouTube want to hear. Okay, that's my opinion. All right. So just recapping that. Pleasure for the most part to work with on Ballers Gets Around Table. He was a huge part of the reason why that show ever happened in the first place. In fact, the idea of him, myself, and Ben getting together and talking to a guest, that was David. That was more David than me or Ben, right? So he played a monumental role in that show, The Ballers Gets Around Table. Yes, I hosted it, but it wouldn't have happened. There's no way it would have happened the way that it did without David, okay? And I give him full credit for that. I've given him that credit in the past. I personally found him very likable to talk with behind the scenes for the most part, right? No issues with any of that. None of, and, and as far as the paid shill thing goes, I have no evidence that this guy is a paid shill. Obviously, he has said some very questionable things, not just on Flat Earth, but on many things. I mean, he still promotes Gaddafi, the, the Gaddafi myth. Oh, Gaddafi was this great uh, leader of Libya and he got taken out by Clinton or by Obama. It's like, uh, yeah, so you, you want me to believe that you still think any of these nations are actually controlled by the presented leader? Really, David, you, you really you really believe that? Uh, maybe maybe he does. I, I know some intelligent people who do believe that kind of stuff, so that is possible. Obviously, these people never read George Orwell, 1984. Again, written a couple of years after the war where he makes it very clear that all of the countries are led by the same people that we're given one false representation on TV, on the telescreen, but there's a very different reality happening behind the scenes. This is all spelled out decades ago. If there are truthers or researchers who still can't see that, that's possible. So that's not necessarily a mark against, uh, like a killer mark against David, but it is something that he does. He promotes Gaddafi. He promotes Judy Wood, right? He promotes Judy Wood, this, um, uh, what is it? Direct energy weapons brought down the, brought down the Twin Towers. It's like direct energy weapons, really. Uh, okay, what's your, what's your evidence for that? Oh, it's Judy Wood. Yeah, what's her evidence? Just go and read her book. Okay, I'm not going to go and read. Just give me an overview, and then if it sounds plausible, I'll, I'll go and see. what. No, no, you have to read the book. I can't explain it to you if you don't read the book. Okay, look, I can't promise you I'll read the book, but I can promise you that the only chance that I will is if you tell me what was in the book that convinced you, because if you read the book and it convinced you, but you can't transmit that information to other people, then what was the point in the first place? That, that would mean that everyone would have to read the book. If it's true, it should be transmittable from you to me. So what convinced you in Judy Wood's book that direct energy weapons brought down the twin? Just, just give me, no, you have to read the book. Okay, cool. Well, you know what I'll do? I'll go to the source and I'll listen to Judy Wood. That's what I did. I went and listened to Judy Wood. I listened to her on the higher side chats, right? And she's carrying, okay, Judy Wood does not have any evidence of direct energy weapons. The closest that she has is this toasted car uh, photos, okay? Are these photos legitimate? Maybe they are, maybe they're not, but that's not proof of direct energy weapons. Is direct energy weapons possible? Sure, anything's possible. 
But just because something's possible doesn't mean you believe it, right? You're meant to have evidence for your beliefs. But old mate Weiss promotes uh, Judy Wood like she has cracked the code, right? Like she's cracked the code. And by the way, check out my website. I've got a podcast on Nikola Tesla. Pretty much everything you thought you knew about Tesla is wrong. Don't don't be ashamed about that. Like we've, we've all been misled. But the whole Tesla story on which the Judy Wood story is is premised, you take away Tesla, you take away Wood, right? Go to my website. I'll, show, there's a, I'll put a link in the info box below. There's a podcast I did where I looked at the primary source evidence for Tesla and I show quite clearly that he's not who we were told that he was just by using his own words. Now, some people come to me and they go, oh, JLP, that's, that's only Tesla's words. I'm, I'm not really interested in his words. I want to read words that were written about him decades later. That's proof that he invented, um, you know, all these uh, gadgets and what have you. I'm like, okay, so you want to trust what someone else says about Tesla decades later because it fits in with your preconceived uh, notion? I'm showing you what Tesla actually said his actual words as they were printed, as they're presented to us by the Tesla Society and by people who today are accepted as being Tesla authorities. I'm using his words and I'm showing you what he said. And you're saying that you'd rather listen to other people? Okay, well, I'm dealing with a moron here and that's what's happening. So we've got old mate Weiss promoting Wood, who bases her claims on Tesla, who I've already debunked. So we've got him promoting Gaddafi in this kind of nonsense. We've got him promoting Wood. Uh, on 9-11, this kind of nonsense. Of course, David was also involved in the um, that fakeologist interview where, and the fakeologists, for those of you who don't know, their main interest is 9-11. They obviously don't believe there are any planes on 9-11 because any sane person who's looked at the evidence doesn't believe there were planes on 9-11. And they're also particularly concerned about people like David and others who mix in the no planes theory with all this other stuff like direct energy weapons or micro nukes or whatever. So they had him on for, uh, for an interview for a show. And Hoi Polloi, who is no fan of mine, no friend of mine, uh, don't don't think for a second that I'm trying to uh, promote him in any way, but he made a mess of David Weiss very politely as well. Like There was no uh, aggression, agitation, whatever. He was just like, so David, you said this, but what about this? And, and next thing you know, you've got David saying that he had friends who died on 9-11 he, uh, he offered some photos for those friends. The photos look even more shopped than Jeff Bowman from, um, like they look even more dodgy than Jeff Bowman from the Boston bombings. They just look ridiculous. When he was called out on how ridiculous his photos looked, David was like, yeah, they do look ridiculous. And he knows he's going to get away with it. That's a funny thing. Like these people, they understand herd psychology, group psychology, the way that the regular people work much better than the regular people do. And they know that if you look someone in the eye and tell them with confidence X, Y, or Z, if you get called out on it, then if you can, attack the person presenting it. If you can't, then sort of be like, yeah, well, I, I kind of agree with you and then just move on. They know that people are not really going to hold them to account for this. They know they're going to get away with it, right? Now, is David being deliberate in all of this disinfo that he's spreading? I don't know. I don't know if he's being deliberate. He, it's possible that he is a very intelligent person who's got a few wires crossed and who knows, you know, like I, I don't know the man. I don't know his motivations, right? Hold on a second. Where are we? Yeah. Sorry, I just uh, wanted to make sure we were still running there. Yeah, I don't know his motivations. I don't know what his agenda is. What I do know is he's pushing a lot of nonsense and he's getting away with it, largely because he's convinced people that he's not that smart, when really I think he's one of the smartest guys in the room. And that's all without pointing out the fact that before Flat Earth ever came along, David and a couple of his Jewish friends were in a Jewish-owned studio talking about conspiracies and more or less ridiculing conspiracies, David was playing the token, uh, you know, uh, whatever, whatever conspiracy was pushing that particular day. 
and getting the, the shit mocked out of him, okay? So you add that in there as well. He's no regular person. What's his agenda? What's he doing? I don't know, okay? But let's look at some of the positives of David. Let's be fair here. He's a Jew who has openly stated that he doesn't believe the official story of the Holocaust. I'm not Jewish, but I would imagine that that's not a very easy thing to go around saying publicly, especially if people in your life listen to what you say. I would imagine that it's very difficult for any Jew who questions the Holocaust to come out and openly state that to people in his life or around him, right? I would imagine. I don't know, but that's how it would seem to me. Well, he has. I'm, I'm very confident that I once heard him say that he doesn't believe in the Holocaust, right? Now, I might be misremembering him. I might be giving him too much credit here, but I'm pretty sure he did say that. And I say that for any Jew to come out and question the Holocaust or say they don't believe it, I think um, based based on the limited amount that I know about their community, I think that takes courage. I think it takes... Um, I, I give him credit for that is what I'm trying to say here. So credit to him for that. Uh, that's one positive thing I'll say. Another one is one of the best flat earth videos, one of the best anti-heliocentrism videos that I think has been made in the last two years was made by David. And it was a very simple one. I don't know if he stole this idea from someone else, but from what I remember, he was the first one to do this where he got a video of uh, vacuums. Like, you know, um, vacuums are very powerful, right? They can use vacuum suction to pick up large slabs of concrete and other things in an industrial application. You can use the power of vacuums of suction to pick up very, very heavy things, okay? Why is that? Because vacuums are so, for want of a better term, strong. They're terrifically strong at picking things up, right? Well, you and I and, and everyone who went to school is meant to believe that vacuum surrounds Earth, okay? Right, a vacuum surrounds the entire Earth, and that's what's out there in space. That's what we're led to believe. Right? If you know how powerful vacuums are, straight away you think to yourself, oh, "That's ridiculous. How, you know, how the, how on how is it possible that you could have the atmosphere just resting on Earth for no apparent reason, and vacuum out there not sucking it away?" Right? Well, of course, the normies will come back to you and say, "Oh, well, that's because of gravity." And it's like, "Yeah, okay, vacuums are stronger than gravity, even here at Earth level." And we can prove that very easily by showing an industrial application of vacuum suction to lift up slabs of concrete or whatever, right? Very simple idea for a video, but a very powerful one. And David is smart. He knows to keep videos as short as he can, put his cute little music there. Do, 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 do. Bang. So he made like a two, three, maybe, maybe it was five minutes, right? But it wasn't a long video where it just said, you think that the atmosphere stays on Earth because of gravity? Let's test gravity versus suction. Bang. Very powerful video. And... Um, Full credit to David for doing that. So the guy has done some good things. And of course, he was part of Besser, like I said, Baller Skeptics. So I give him full credit for the good things he's done. When people say, oh, he's very likable, and he, I, I agree with you, he's very likable. He, he knows to crack jokes. He's got a relatively good sense of humor. He knows to keep the mood light. Um, he also understands the importance of uh, diplomacy. This is another reason why it was easy to work with him, because he does understand the importance of diplomacy. So for instance, when there was that whole Ben versus um, Wakey Wakey drama that was going on, Behind the scenes, I was obviously counselling Ben at the time. Counselling. Uh, so when we say counsel, we mean giving advice, right? I don't mean counselling. I mean, I was saying to Ben, look, Ben, if I were you, man, I wouldn't be saying anything publicly nasty about Mark. That's what I was saying to him, right? That's how I feel about everyone. It's like when it comes to personal things, like you want to dish dirt on people, like personal stuff that you know about them from an intimate relationship, from meeting them in real life or from talking to them from extended periods offline, no, you keep that stuff to yourself, right? All like all the stuff that I've said about, for instance, with with David today, 
This is all public record stuff. You can go and check what he said. You can go and check my, it's all public record stuff, right? The stuff that I know about David from behind the scenes, if there is anything, no, that stays to me. Like behind the scenes stays behind the scenes. Then you've got public, right? And that's the kind of thing that I was saying to, to Ben at the time. I have good reason to suspect that uh, uh, David was saying the same thing to whoever he was speaking to as well. Keep this shit behind the scenes, guys. If you've got a personal issue, it doesn't help anyone to, to air your dirty laundry, this kind of thing. David has a good understanding of what I call diplomacy, right? And uh, and I respect him for that as well. So, yeah, there's, there's plenty of good things about David. I can see why people like him. But let's just get the record clear. And I think I've done this just in this one video today, where it is that I disagree with him and why. And hopefully some of you guys are getting an understanding of, of my position on David. I'm not saying he's a shill. not saying he's a bad guy. I'm not saying he's evil. All I'm saying is he is intelligent, okay? He's been in this scene for a, he's been in this general uh, conspiracy scene for a fair while. He's no regular person, okay? He's been doing these shows in a professional studio for how long? Years now with his, uh, with a couple of his mates who happen to be Jewish and in a, a media environment that, so far as I'm aware, and I could be wrong, and I'll retract this if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure is, if you go through the links, also Jewish owned as well. He said some very questionable things about 9-11. He promotes Judy Wood, who is very questionable as, very easy to prove to be questionable as well. He promotes other nonsense like Gaddafi was a good guy or the people who run the countries are, are the real leaders and all this other stuff that I think adds up to a, a credible base for suspicion about the guy. None of this is proof that he's one thing or another, but it's stuff that people should be aware of and people should be allowed to speak about. Just the same as if I go out there and I promote something that you can prove is wrong, you've got every right to say, we've proven that that's wrong. And you've got every right to make a video. In fact, not only have you got every right to do it, I encourage you, if you find me saying something that's factually incorrect, contact me and tell me so I can retract it. If I fail to retract it, cut the, cut the video, right? Cut the part that you want to use, make a video yourself saying, here's what JLB said here's the truth and prove me wrong. I would love it if someone could do that. No one's done it in two years, guys. No one's done it. BZ True Talk, uh, one of my um, ongoing trolls, will occasionally make videos where he screen captures what I say. Then he'll just start ranting like a triggered madman, but not actually disproving anything that I've said. Uh, Jeff Jeffrey C used to do the same thing, uh, a bigger profile uh, dude back in the time, back in his day. So there are people who have attacked me and criticized me for sure. But in terms of actually saying, Here's what JLB said. Here's why he is wrong. No, no one does. And it would help me if they did. Like if I was wrong about something and I'm bound to be wrong about some things, it would help me if people said, hey, JLB, you're wrong about this so I can fix it. Oh, you're not going to fix it, JLB? Well, stuff you then, dude. I'll make a video exposing it myself. That'd be great. You'd help me. Really, That we'd be helping each other. And that's the thing that gets me with people like the Globebusters. I mean, when did uh, Bomb, when, when did Bob of Globebusters crack it with me? When I made that video where I called him out Bob of Globebusters is saying, we've got millions of believers. There's millions of flat earthers now, Max. Mil and it's like millions. You guys, even on your own YouTube view counts, which I think are overinflated, I think YouTube overinflates the view counts. Even on your own view counts, you're in the thousands, not the hundreds of thousands and definitely not the millions. You are two orders of magnitude away from what your own already inflated uh, view counts state. Let's just take the view counts on face value. You're getting 20,000 views for a video. You're two orders of magnitude away from having millions of an audience. And not all of your audience believe what you believe. And so think about this logically. What he said was patently absurd. You can see why someone might say it because, it, hey, everyone wants to be part of something that's big and growing, right? Oh, this movement's going somewhere. We've got millions and blah, blah, blah. 
you can see why he has a vested interest in saying this stuff, but it doesn't make it true. And so, hey, maybe he wasn't trying to uh, get people to join his movement by telling people how popular it was. Maybe he actually believed it. No problemo. I've made a video asking, do you really believe this, right? He, he comes in and he says, oh, I misspoke, I misspoke. All right, great. Well, shouldn't you be thanking me for pointing this out because this, this is not a, a good look for you to say things that are so ridiculous. Uh, shouldn't you be thanking me for, for pointing this out? No, no thanks. Attack, 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 attack. And so it's been with all of these flat earth believers, just like people who believe just about anything, point out that they're wrong. And rather than say, hey, I, I was wrong. Thank you for telling me, dude. It's, well, you're on the hit list now, buddy boy, because... Uh, we don't like our feelings being hurt and you just hurt our feelings real bad. And that's what happens. So yes, those are my views on Weiss and some basic overview views of some of the other people. And that is it, my friends. That's what I had written down for this, the uh, episode zero, the pilot episode of Meta Fay, what I think will quickly become one of the more popular shows in this little scene because here you get raw and uncensored truth and opinion and discussion in the live chat, don't you? No one's been banned. There's no moderators there, and I haven't banned anyone, so who knows what's going on in the live chat. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to send out the invitation to a few people. Now, I have been joined by a couple of people in the Hangout. Let me just bring my camera back on. That seems to be the done thing these days in the flat earth scene. Of course, the Baller Skeptic Roundtable really was a, more of a live podcast than a, than a live Hangout format. But uh, I do understand that these days most people love their live video, so um, I will acquiesce to the masses for now. So I've turned my camera off. How come it hasn't come back on yet? Maybe it will. I don't know. But anyway, we've been joined by a couple of people for the last part of this show. And I've got with me Nathan Oakley. Nathan, can you hear me? I can. I can. I'll, I'll keep muting so I don't cause too much feedback. Uh, cool, man. Well, it uh, looks like neither of us is on camera. I don't know why my camera's not working, but it's not really a big deal. So you've joined me, mate. I'm assuming that you've been paying attention to some of the show. Let me start off by saying to you personally, even though I already said this publicly, a big thank you for the uh, chance you gave me in your live chat earlier today and on previous shows to simply state an opinion that some people don't like to hear. I do appreciate the time that you've given me. Uh, well, you're welcome. Um, I, I have you in there because you're an antagonist. You may not like that label, but... I think, and I know we've spoken about this affair, that you've pushed people to produce better information, better proof, you know, go through their current understanding, analyze their own uh, thought processes. And I think that's nothing but a positive thing. The more you isolate people who disagree with you, the more likely you will become stagnated or cult-like. And that's a, a frightening prospect for me. So to see people triggered is a bit disappointing. You know, if people, I'm quite happy to be on this show and say, I do believe the earth is flat. And I'm more than happy to state that again and again and again. Don't care what JLB thinks, it's never going to trigger me. It's never going to make me absolutely furious with him. It makes me amused that other people get in that state, you know, in the chat. It is entertaining, you know, and to a certain extent, that's why I will have people like um, John LeBon in there. While that's happening, I'll get Skype message after Skype message after Skype message from people saying, why are you doing this? Why have you got JLB in there? And it's like, well, why not? It's just a guy. Why are you so angry at him? Why is it that you are so infuriated by what this guy is saying? If it in, in, antagonizes you that much, turn him off. Just don't watch. It's so simple. I mean, I've been banging this drum about people turning their backs on TV and disassociating themselves from, from the nonsense information that we're fed. The how does Russian bits race it? Um, uh, uh, rigged reality, 
you know, if you can turn your back on that, you can turn your back on some some guy on YouTube. But by the same token, recognize the kind of carnage that, that JLP can create. Just one guy. Look at what he does, you know. It's amazing. I think that's fantastic. I appreciate that. We'll talk more about that in a moment. I call it consensus cracking, but we've also been joined by another person. Their YouTube handle calls them Trader Joe. I only sent the link hangout to uh, a few people, so I'm not sure who we've been joined by, and my browser is not showing the camera. It's only showing the avatar, so I can't even see who we've been joined by. So what I'll do is I'll shut up and I'll say hello to the newcomer, introduce yourself, and uh, tell us what you think. What up, John? This is uh, Timothy Osman of the uh, Tim Osmond channel. How are you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm very well, thanks, Tim. So the audio might not be coming through well. We've been joined by Tim Osmond, who also goes by the name Cognitive Dissonance and has been for more than two years now, probably the most successful troll on all of the YouTube uh, truth or conspiracy channels put together. Tim, you've uh, rustled a few jimmies in your time. You've been listening to this show so far. Before we get into a broader chat, what are your basic thoughts? Uh, I think you hit... Uh, the nail on the head a couple times. Um, I think uh, Nathaniel here can probably attest to how long um, Patricia was over there. I think she was with him for like five months. I think you said a month or something. Um, there's a there's a few nuances, but uh, but yeah, I mean I, I agree. Um, from an outsider looking in, from what we would call what you know me and you were around with Jeffrey Cleveland, um, basically. Uh, we would have called a lot of these people shills back then. I mean, this is the, these people basically, you know, spend a lot of time shilling for this shit. That's that's the the best word that I could say. Because I mean, even Nathaniel here, he has like you know five ads on like a ten minute video. I mean, when did when did this become such a money making venture? So I agree with what with what you said. Well, you brought up a couple of things there. I think one of them is well worth talking about. And this is the idea of people producing this kind of content, making money. And what I'll do is I'll give you the floor first there, Nathan. Um, some people say, well, you're producing videos or content that's about the truth. It should be for free. You should not be making money or, you know, you know, there's kind of criticisms that people will, will offer you. Do you have um, any broader sort of response or do you want to give us your take on this idea that you should not be putting ads in your videos. And then once we've heard from you, we'll go to Tim and then I'll give my thoughts and then we'll introduce the, uh, the latest newcomer. Sure. I mean, I have monetized my account at the point that I thought it was actually going to make money. Uh, and it has. And I'm not embarrassed to say that. You know, I put a lot of time and effort into making those videos. Why the hell shouldn't I make money from them? It's not like I'm actually picking anybody's pocket and it's not like I'm asking anybody to watch the ads. You can skip them if you don't like them. And frankly, I don't think I put too many in. I try and put more at the beginning than at the end. And if people think there's too many, tough. It's my channel. I'll do whatever the hell I like. If you don't like it, turn off. That's my attitude as far as the ads are concerned. Um, I've been on YouTube for a long time. I've done it for nine, ten years. And the channel has never been successful enough to generate ads. On the other hand, I have had ads on there from using other people's music. Primarily, I was making videos about hi-fi. So I would film hi-fis and they would have music playing. Therefore, there would be ads that would appear on my videos. I was never making a penny from them. But at the point that I made uh, a successful channel, and that was from YouTube, uh, not from YouTube, from Flat Earth. Now, that wasn't by design. You know, I've been making videos for a long time. I'd have loved it if uh, my hi-fi videos were as successful and I could have monetized them and made money from them. That would have been fantastic. 
it's been flat earth i'm still going to monetize them I'm, I'm a videographer that's what i like doing i like making videos if i can make money from it i will i'm not embarrassed to say that uh, if it wasn't if there was no point if there wasn't enough subscribers to actually watch the ad and my heart goes out to all of them thank you to everyone who watches the ads on there you know i wouldn't bother putting ads on there that's as simple as that that's my let, me, let me throw it back to Tim. Tim, like if people are making money from their from their YouTube ventures, whether it's from ads or from subscriptions, this is material that no one has to watch and some people do enjoy watching. Uh, you tell us your position. What What is the problem with people like Nathan having ads or people like myself having a members section on our website? What What do you see as being the issue there? No, I, I think the members thing is, I mean, it's obviously completely voluntary and you do put out information for free. But there should be some kind of a gray line or some question mark when you start, you know, for let's just take journalism, for example, having like eight different ways you can basically pay him. At a certain point, you know, you almost have to think that if he does maybe figure out it is a globe or there is evidence or whatever, um, his his all that blood, sweat and tears that he put in for this this whole money making meme venture has been basically uh, wasted. Um, so more likely than not, these people are going to keep up with the meme and try to grow it. And this is why you have Mark Sargent come on and start talking about numbers and how these people are checking out numbers all the time because they want more people in their little cult slash clan or whatever to make it more legitimate for more people to join. And, oh, let's get mainstream and all this kind of nonsense. So what you're saying is that this there's is a potential, um, I'm not sure if the word conflict of interest is the right word, but basically if people are making money from promoting, whether it's flat earth or any other topic, then should they ever encounter information that runs against that? They've got a vested interest in like on the, on the micro scale, ignoring it in their own mind, but then on the broader scale, not telling their audience because they're liable to lose the money. That's where you're coming at it. That's, that's sort of where you're coming from. Exactly. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And look, me personally, my views on this have changed. I got into all of this two years ago before I knew about any of this stuff, just talking about my views basically on politics, right? Which now to me seems like a naive waste of time, but I was, I was naive and I didn't know any better, right? I had no interest in making money from this at the time. I'm at the stage now where I feel as though there are very few people in this scene who can present the information the way that I can and are doing the kind of research that I'm doing. And if I want to put some of that behind a paywall on my website, People can choose to pay for the access to what's behind the paywall. And if they do, I think they'll get more than their money's worth. Most people will not choose to do that. They'll prefer to continue to just look at my free material or peruse the free material of other people on YouTube. And that's entirely their choice. And I think whether we like it or not, the, the truth, if I can use that term broadly, information, alternative research, it's a lot like a lot of other things in life. You will get what you pay for. And if any turkey can start a YouTube channel and say whatever he wants and interview whoever he wants, then lots of turkeys will do that and you've got to sift through the turkeys to get anything good. Whereas if you come to my website, you've probably seen my videos. You know, I'm the kind of person who does real research. You know, you're probably going to get something that's worth your time. And if you choose to pay the money, fantastic. If you don't, there's still free material for you. And we can maybe talk about more of that in a moment. Before we do, we have been joined by another latecomer who I don't think I even sent the link to, but that's fine. I don't mind having him join us in this little round table uh, discussion. We have spoken um, many, many times. <laughs> it's me, Maddy, my flat of British uh, John. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, well, you're welcome, man. It's good to have you on board. Oh, so, you, um, it really was a pleasure to meet you at last. Um, I, I really dig your work and I dig what you do. I really do. And I see what you're doing from what perspective. And it is valuable and it is needed. You do need, um, all right, what I see is an academic sort of way of thinking in this. And um, 
you are you, you you're really critical and, and i know exactly what you're doing um the reason i come on you john um not to have any trouble i really do respect you in in many uh in many respects um you have told my ass off once or twice for my fe biased um which maybe um now i'm uh, quite far into it maybe you were right um i did suffer with fe biased and it was wrong with me i must admit um when i was talking about things that i really didn't understand just jumping on the bandwagon of the buzz in the early days of fe we were all on that okay now we've moved past that now we've moved way past that um for me uh john it's not really it's about the spiritual awakening that i'm experiencing on a personal level um, which is really profound and a very real experience i must say um i'm you know i have done a lot in my life i'm 49 john and um i gotta be honest this is palpable this is a very real event what it is i could not put my finger on but this is why i couldn't tell you um i know you um i was using a merch um i didn't observe a curve i wish i would have then i wouldn't be here now but i never and this is what drove me to youtube um monetization i've never considered it until recent days i tell you why um, there's a youtuber called jazz sinclair and he made a post saying well with monetization all we're doing really is screwing youtube and it's the man and they really couldn't give a shit about us so i thought well actually there's a point there and i'm struggling to pay my broadband bill yeah so you know if i pile one or two adverts on i'm not greedy you know i've actually earned in um uh, 13 months zero i've had nothing um, I'm like $10 at a time, $30, but nothing ever comes through. But, like, I could do with that. Um, I'm not greedy, and I'm not a capitalist, but, I mean, just to pay my broadband bill would be a big help. But I never really thought about that. From the beginning of the inception, it was nothing to do with monetary gain. It was to do with getting to a truth, a personal truth, and getting on this right and try and be, I suppose, as true to myself as I possibly can. Well, I'll just, I'll just pause you there quickly, Martin. It's important because a lot of my audience don't pay any attention to the flat earth scene. They might not be I quite know. as familiar with you. So I'll just say Martin is someone who's been involved with, again, those leading, that sort of leading group. They don't call themselves leaders and they want people to not see them as leaders. That's what they say. No. But they very much do lead the conversation. And you have, uh, I guess, a loose affiliation with them, Martin. You take part in live hangouts with the Patricia Steers, with the Nathan Oakley's, these kinds of yeah, people. Well, so friends. It's, it's not just an association. Okay, so we've just okay, had some, someone. We've just had someone mute someone else in the live hangout. So we'll just try and avoid muting each other if we can. So Martin, I'm just trying to explain to the audience who might not be familiar yeah. with you that you do have an association with uh, some of the leading people, and that's sort of where you're coming at from this. Now, I'm not planning to make this show too long. However, I've enjoyed it so far, and I am curious to get all of your opinions on things. So what I'll do is, since you three have taken the time to join me. I want each of you to give me one topic that you want a roundtable discussion on and we'll spend a few minutes on each one and uh, we'll just get some feedback. So you've taken the time to join us today, Martin. Is there any topic in particular, one thing that yeah. you like the opinions of all yeah, of us? something on? we share, the, the, um, the history timeline, which is that I made a post on tonight and I've been picking apart for, you know, not just since I've been a flat earther, but for many years. Um, I've had a lot of questions, um, you know, with the, the way the timeline has been presented to us. Um, I've been visiting these places fitting it together actually working in the environment and picking up the information as i go so i'm not talking from an outside perspective i was on the inside working in archaeology i've worked in um 
in uh, with Welsh um, well, monuments. I'm just, sorry, Martin, I hate to pause you there, mate, but I mean, I mean, when we're talking about the meta aspects of Flat yes. Earth, that is the people who are involved, the psychology, the sociology, the things that are happening to people as they get into this scene, yeah. the personalities, these sorts of things. Are there any topics, the sort of things that I've covered so far in the show, is there anything that you'd like to talk about? Um, well, you, you say about the uh, the cultish behaviour and all of that. Uh, okay, um, I think about this. I actually made a post when you actually. Uh, um, made what I'm doing, Martin, is I'm just I'm just taking I'm just jotting down the topics. So then once we've oh, um, once I've got them all jotted down, we can sort of segue from one to the next. So Nathan, okay. I've been going now for about an hour or two. Is there any topic in particular you'd like to discuss in more depth uh, with myself and the other two panel members? Well, I mean. I, 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 I had a load of thoughts off the back of what Martin just said, which was kind of about the timeline of maybe flat Earth, if you want to tie it to that. So yeah, how how it's I never see it as ever having vanished, whereas you often describe it as having a, a resurgence. So maybe yeah, the, the timeline of flat Earth and how it's how it's come to pass, because you often pick apart these things, but not necessarily pick apart the the long-standing flat Earth timeline. If that makes sense. All right, sense. so Martin, yeah, that's no problem. So Martin wants to talk about why position and many people's position that there are some cult aspects to all of this. Nathan wants to talk about the timeline of Flat Earth, which I think uh, is pertinent. Well, Ma Martin, 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 this is only going to, Martin, this is only going to work if you wait your turn to speak, my friend. I do hate okay. to, <laughs> to put it like okay, that, but that's okay. the only way that this works. And then we've yes. got uh, Trader Joe as well. Cog this, is there one topic in particular that you'd particularly like to talk about, especially since we've got Nathan and Martin with us? Yeah, my apologies to Martin. I was actually trying to switch over to the chat. I <laughs> muted him. Um, yeah, I kind of want to figure out uh, maybe the ultimate goal of where we're trying to go with the whole flat earth movement. Is it money? Is it truth? Is it to spread it to more people? Is it to go mainstream? Like I said, these people are hawking over these numbers daily, and that behavior is, is along with all of this other behavior, the, the faux sex tapes and the just, I mean, the whole drama aspect of it. Where is the ultimate goal? Because really, I see a lot of the Globusters, I see a lot of these actual channels that should be talking about Flat Earth, but they're actually talking about, like, Flat Earth drama. I remember Globusters, I was in probably, you know, 10 of their first 20 or something for 20 minutes talking about me for no, no reason at all. It has nothing to do with Flat Earth. All right, so you want so to talk about the ultimate goal and where it's going, and I think that's yes. a terrific topic as well. So those are the three. We might spend a few minutes on each and then round out the show with some final thoughts. So of those three, the one that I think is the best one to segue into straight away is the cult one. So, Martin, that was uh, your topic. I'll give you the floor for a minute or two. Obviously, in the, in the show that I've just done, I've spoken about how I think there are some very obvious cult parallels between not all of the flat earth, not even necessarily most of them, but certain behaviours that are constantly carried out, such as attacking dissenting voices, that definitely is in line with cult behaviour. I've given my views. What I'll do is I'll give you a minute or two to express your broad thoughts on this topic, and then we'll get into a roundtable discussion. Okay, thank you. Um, well, I'm going to have to be perfectly honest here. Um, I, I was quite alarmed when you made that post because it actually, as I read it out on a post, I thought, oh, Christ, this is actually fitting. You know, nearly all of the 10 are actually fitting. And I really had a good, really good sit and think. But um, personally, from my own personal level, um, no, it's not cultish behaviour because it's primarily a, a personal um, experience journey that I'm sharing is what I'm doing with my uh, with my 
what my thing is on my posts okay my vlogs it's my personal experience for me no but i could see a danger with younger people i could um, I, I i don't know what kind of feedback i'm gonna have by saying that but i could see um the younger people looking at it from an outer view and i could see there was dangerous connotations maybe um if they went deeper so um yes that that um i would like to make disappear um the the drama you were right people do fixate upon the drama but let's be honest it's what gets abused it's what they want we all know this okay it's not good i don't feel right about it myself i avoid drama if i can right i don't know whether you know this but i do uh, what i do is go right around trying to spread love and the peace is what i do okay all the rest to me is bs so um i don't think personally um there's any cultish behavior i have witnessed people who are coming in thinking because of i'm not going to say just linguistical programming but keywords like cult coming in and actually thinking this from their inception and thinking is it a cult and then maybe um, sort of traveling into that cultish behavior outside what is actually happening internally in the flat earthers which is not cult everybody's individual i some are vegan me i can't get enough meat on me um some people um you know they go on about urine therapy all right that was a little ting for a while that's been around since i was a teenager i've heard of that there may be something in it but i couldn't give a flying f i really couldn't that's not what i'm doing I, as I said, I want to get to a truth. Same as you, John. I know this is exactly what you're doing. Um, you're not, you know, I don't know if you're totally a globe believer. You, you don't believe in the NASA bullshit, do you? Oh, you do, right, do you, so, brother? So what I'll do is I'll just touch on a couple of things there. Firstly, when you talk about okay, the video you. that I made, uh, for those who aren't aware, about uh, maybe six months ago now, uh, Patricia Steer on a live hangout went through a list of 10 cult-like traits as given by some website that deals with cults. I said, here's 10 things that they do. And she went through the 10 and said, this one is not like Flat Earth. This one is not like Flat Earth. But there were two that she said did mirror Flat Earth. So she said of the 10, she thought two were like Flat Earth. So in her opinion, Flat Earth was not like a cult based on that definition, which makes perfect sense. Uh, that's fine. But what I said was, well, let's if you're going to go through the 10, how about I go through the 10 and see how many I think can be shown to be similar to Flat Earth? And I think I came up with six or seven and I released a video about that, which caused a big furor amongst flat earthers because firstly, Patricia Steer saying that there were two out of 10 that were like flat earth. That's consensus crack like that. That goes against the flat earth narrative. So Bob from Globebusters very quickly pulled her into line and said, no, no, none are like flat earth. Then Patricia changed her mind. Actually, no, none are like flat earth now. And so that video generated a lot of discussion at the time. And so what Martin has just said is that he didn't like the video at first, but he can see there are some cult-like similarities between flat earth and what we associate with cults that's what he's saying that's fair enough just quickly martin on my opinion on the shape of the earth anyone who wants to find out can go to johnthebond.com there's a podcast there it's a three-hour podcast it includes a discussion that i had with some of the leading heliocentrists on youtube today people like reds rhetoric atheist rex sean hufford etc in this scene anyhow and i make a mess of the whole place like it and it was very easy i didn't even have to break a sweat I don't believe in heliocentrism. I think it's very easy to disprove. However, it doesn't mean the earth is flat. And I think I've done, a, I've made a lot of videos showing the problems with flat earth, which have never been addressed, or at least never been addressed properly. But we're not here to talk about the shape of the earth. This is meta, Faye, meta flat earth. 
we can talk about the shape of the earth off air if you like, but I don't think any of us are going to change anyone's opinions. I can't. So the topic, Martin, the topic is cults. I've said my piece, you've yeah. said yours. We'll go over there to Nathan Oakley, live from Great Britain. What are your thoughts on this broad question of are there similarities between certain flat earth people and their behaviours and cults? Uh, yeah, what can I say? I think it's a natural human tendency as well in terms of the, the viewing audience uh, to be a bit lazy and fall into those kind of behaviours. Um, so do people pander to that? Maybe they do without knowing it. You know, maybe they're kind of, they get their following on YouTube and YouTube is kind of organised or orchestrated in such a way that it it helps that along. So people's natural want for more viewings, more publicity, more fame, just leads them down that path. So yeah, you naturally end up with a, a cult following of something, especially if somebody's putting something out as absolute fact, you know, you're going to have people who just, you know, buy the passion that comes behind someone like me saying, I absolutely believe this is fact. People will get behind that and just, just, you know, get behind the enthusiasm of what somebody says without necessarily doing any research beyond that. And then they'll just like listening to those words from that person said over and over again. So I can't not agree with you, as you well know. <laughs> well, I've said this before, Nathan. One of the things I've admired about what you've done in this scene is you've said, I don't know if you've said this uh, explicitly, but you've acted in a way that says, I'm not going to be part of the consensus that everyone involved in this is here for pure motivations. I'm not going to pretend that everyone who is here is doing research it's a diverse bunch of people. There are many different people involved in Flat Earth. Just because some of them do act exactly like cultish dogmatists doesn't mean that everyone who believes in Flat Earth is a cultist. And I think this is what people have to understand. When someone says that certain Flat Earthers act like cult people, it doesn't mean they're all cult people. There's no need to get offended or get triggered. Just look at the facts. The facts are that in a cult, you silence dissenting opinions. In Flat Earth, most of the presenters silence dissenting opinions. In cults, you make everyone feel good for being there like they're special, they've got access to important information that others don't have. It's the exact same thing in Flat Earth. You go through this list and you're going to find a number of similarities. It does not mean the people running the place are trying to run a cult. It doesn't mean that everyone involved is a cult member. What it means is that there are certain cult behaviours that will not help anyone who's searching for the truth. Nathan, what say you? Well, yeah, you've definitely got people like A4 on the flip side of that coin who are Flat Earthers and are being suppressed because they're challenging perhaps some of the people and their presentation or whatever, you know, and they are getting suppressed also, but they're actually flat earthers that are on the same side. It's a really weird thing to see because all, all I want to talk about, I mean, this is my main, main purpose on YouTube is just to document what I'm experiencing. You know, this is what I see. This is how I see it. This is what's happening to me. And I can actually show people that happening in front of their very eyes. Like now, this is just my experience within flat earth. And that's great entertainment. You know, people will want to watch that. And I can offer it to them. But so is Adam. So is A4. He's got similar information. I mean, we'll come on to this in the next bit of the round table. But in terms of the timeline of Flat Earth, he's a long-standing part of that. But he's shunned, you know, because he doesn't agree with a lot of the common lines that some of the Flat Earthers, you know, I'm not going to list them off. I'm not going to do that. But that they take... And because he disagrees, he's silenced, he's ignored from the chats, he's banned. And that kind of does my head in. I've been trying to chat to the guy for quite some time now. And it's difficult. You know, I want to explore the reasons why the guy's gone mad. 
Um, but you can't because you can't talk to him because he's banned from every chat you, you ever see him in. Yeah, I think this comes down to what motivates people to be here. If you're here to discuss things because you think that will help you arrive at the truth or you just enjoy the process of conversing with people who have different opinions to you, then you'll behave in one way. If you're here to feel good and feel like you're part of something, you'll behave in a very different way. And I think we're at the stage now where the majority of the flat earth leaders, whether they call themselves leaders or not, they're at the stage where they know they'll get more views and more viewerships and more money ultimately if it is money that they're after by dissenting the silencing opinions and making more people feel good. Now, we have been joined by Validation Boy. Validation, can you hear me? Yeah, you hear me? Yeah, mate. We just have to make sure that when you're not speaking, you put yourself on mute because we're getting some feedback. Before we go to, to Timmy Osman and get his opinion on this cult thing that's been going on, I'll just say to the listeners who aren't aware, because there will be some, some of my viewers and my audience don't pay attention to Flat Earth. They, uh, they just so they know, Validation Boy, you've been involved in Flat Earth for longer than Mark Sargent and Eric Dubay, so far as we can tell. You've been talking about this topic for years. So I'm looking forward to getting your take on this show when we get around to you in this discussion. But first, let's go to Timmy Osman, mate. The question of the cult, yourself, Adam Moyer, and Ed Upside Down Head, maybe seven or eight months ago now, I'm not too sure, did a live show, did two live shows, in fact, where you exposed what you thought was important information about some of the leaders of Flat Earth. And I think the three of you can be very proud of the work that you did. I would have done things very differently, but the motivation that you had, the intent that was there, and the way that you were able to force some of these people to answer questions they hadn't answered before, such as Mark Sargent on your live call, I thought it was terrific. Have the floor for a minute or two. Give us your honest opinion on Flat Earth, how much of it is cult-like, and how much of that is done on purpose. Yeah, thanks, John. Uh, actually, I, w I would like to make a correction real quick. A4, Adam Dwyer, he's, a, uh, he's been in the a, you know, truth movement, I guess you could say, for quite a while. Me and John have known him for couple years now probably um he is basically bipolar and he'll get very psychotic and threaten people's lives and such so he's not really somebody that actually puts out any relevant information on flat earth he actually believes that the earth is more of a bowl shape he also believes that there's a dome and there's actual spider gods above and the moon is going to hatch so he's not a flat earther and he has nothing relevant or anything to add but as far as um, flat earth being a cult, absolutely. Um, it exhibits a lot of that behavior. Um, I got, you know, obviously your plus now uh, banned and stuff for the same thing. Just, just for saying, hey, here's my debunk video, basically, of your, of your flat earth video. And I started to get banned. So there is a silencing of dissenters, uh, dissenting views. And when you guys don't even bring up the official story, like you could go to the Earth debates or whatever and actually learn the official story from some of these some, some of these atheist people that you know suck it up and believe it. And I never really heard that on Globusters. I really or any of these these shows. It's usually just to prove the confirmation bias. And basically, a lot of kind of truthfully dim-witted people attach themselves to flat Earth. And I don't think all any of the leaders wanted that kind of attention from crazy people so it's the conspiracy realm and that's basically the nature of the beast sorry i was just on mute there yeah so the, the cult thing look we could probably spend five hours talking about it i understand a lot of people don't like the use of the term cult because again they identify with flat earth so if you criticize flat earth in any way you're basically criticizing their identity easiest way to trigger someone is to criticize their identity and off they go. I fully understand that. But I do think, and I've said this many times, 
even if flat earth were true, let's say for argument's sake that it's true, it's not going to help the world if it's run in a cult-like fashion. It is that simple. And I think a lot of the people who believe in flat earth would do themselves a great service if they were to step away for just a few weeks, try not to think about it. Because if you can't stop thinking about this, that's also an indication of a problem. Spend some time away from it, come back and just look at how people interact with each other in this scene with each other. If people say that they've found a love and peace, but will say nasty things and start attacking the character of people who question basic facts, like which way do the stars go? Are you really dealing with someone who's found love and peace? I would say you definitely haven't. What we'll do is, and again, I'm not trying to keep the show going too long. We'll wrap it up in a couple of topics time, but VB, you've been listening. I've seen you in the live chat for most of the show. I'll give you the same chance I gave to each of the other people who've joined us a minute or two of the floor, just to give us your broad overall thoughts on meta flat earth, not is the earth flat or a ball? Because that's going to keep going for 100 years, another 1,000 years maybe. The meta aspects, sociological, psychological, what you've learned as a person from viewing all of this for the last couple of years, where you see it going, these sorts of things. Give us your thoughts. All right. Well, it's an honor to be on your panel, John, as always. And, uh, you know, I heard, I heard about Flat Earth a long, long time ago. And the guy who I heard about it from, heard about it from Eric Dubay. I'm not ashamed to say it. I know a lot of people don't trust Eric Dubay. They think he's this, that, and the other. I don't really care about Eric Dubay. The stuff that I've heard about Flat Earth is enough to convince me that I feel it's safe for me to live my life thinking that the Earth is flat. And that's what I am. I'm a dogmatist. I know we can't prove it's flat. No one's ever going to prove it's flat. No one's ever going to prove it's a ball. It's just not going to happen. So I live my life in post-flat Earth fashion. And that's all. All right, so... Did you want to discuss some of the meta aspects of the flat earth scene? Did you have any thoughts that you wanted to share based on the show that's come so far? Yeah, I just don't like the monetization. Monetization. Uh, ooh, excuse me. I've been smoking too much pot tonight. But uh, monetization that uh, people like Nathan and Patricia and Antonio and Mark and all these people do, I, I think is dishonest. David Weiss, all of them. All right, well, let, I'm not going to speak for them, but let me speak from my perspective here, uh, VB. In the next week or two, I'll be launching a members section for my own website, and there'll be some material that will be exclusive to people who pay to get behind the paywall. And I'll still be releasing free material, plenty of material, what have you. Uh, and please be completely free here. You're, you're free to speak uh, your thoughts. What is wrong with someone like myself saying, you know what, I'm putting out better content than 99% of this scene put together. Some people enjoy it, and some people will be happy to pay for the privilege of seeing it. What is wrong with someone like me saying I'm putting some of that material behind a paywall? As long as you admit to your viewers that it's strictly entertainment, and then I guess that's fine. You know, I, what, I would, personally, what, would the, um, what would the alternative be? Like when you say admit to them that it's strictly entertainment, what, what, what else? You can't is, go out. I mean, you can't go out there and say this is the absolute truth. I'm John LeBon. I researched it. This is how shit really is. You need to pay me. I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't pay for that. You know what I'm saying, bro? But, but as Nathan, I mean, like putting it, putting it in the perspective of some of the other people who are monetizing their channels, if people are saying we're sitting around talking about a topic and we know that some of you enjoy it because you're here every week, here are some ads that you'll have to click off to see the rest of the show, which is a, a rough sort of um, approximation of what YouTube ads are. What is wrong with people like Nathan or the rest of them uh, monetizing their channels? What's the issue? Accompanying their monetization, there's um. I mean that's a tough question, man. I just think that there's 
that people like that can't be trusted, man. I don't think you can yeah, trust we're, someone we're who's like... screwing the man, V-Boy. We're screwing the man, YouTube, man. What's, what's wrong with that? They got it. They, How they, are you screwing that, man? You're, you're playing by their well, rules. No, I, I, I'm aware of that, but I'm thinking yeah, of okay. them. What better side of the beast, brother? Fucking get while you can out of them. That's what I think. I fucking broke, mate. I could do with a few actors, and I only I don't ask for much. I'm not greedy. I, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's YouTube. It's, they're like banks. Fuck them. Yeah, but people like certain channels start asking for money, and then they start integrating all this other stuff. That's just nonsense. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I wouldn't do that, brother. I'd never do that. I wouldn't ask for shit. Yeah, I yeah, agree. I mean, everyone on these panels, you know, spoke out about Dan Pratt, and I think that's outrageous. You know, just, just basically, especially someone like Dan Pratt who's gone about saying, you know, gotta pay the bills, gotta pay the bills. Well, that's kind of a weird statement because it's an absolute fact. Yeah, I do have to pay the bills. You know, and why the hell wouldn't I want a few extra quid to do so? I think most importantly, every single person on this panel, every person in this chat myself included we are all energy vampires we all got get off on the drama we all love it we're all soulless we thrive on the negativity we're no, all I scum stop you there. no and no i don't mention that i take back every ounce of energy that i take no you're wrong scum too much. Sorry. so wrong Fuck no i'm no energy vampire brother you got that wrong i don't leave people feeling weak i leave them feeling energized you get it when you're an energy vampire, you suck them fucking dry. They've got no energy left. That's not what I do, brother. You're wrong there. Bullshit. I do it. John does fucking it. Nathan does it. Not. Well, that's their business. Well, well just, guys, business, just brother. hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on. Let's just let each person speak their piece, and then we'll respond in turn. So, VB, uh, please articulate your position here. You're saying that uh, myself, anyone listening to this right now, is an energy vampire. Without anyone interrupting him, uh, let's give VB a chance to explain himself. How is it not true? We're all sitting here alert. We're all full of adrenaline. We're feeding off this shit like vampires. None of us are ever going to know if the earth is flat or not. The only thing left now in flat earth is for us to attack each other because the, the overall overarching system, they don't give a shit about us. So now it's us with ourselves and we're in our own little hell and this is what we do to each other. Okay, I'll be the first to respond. You've made a few different claims there in a row, but I'm not really sure how they lead to your conclusion. So you're saying that everyone here is an energy vampire, which implies that we're doing something that's negative or bad. So can you explain to us in simple terms why you think that this hangout or this show or people listening, why that's a bad thing? Can you explain that? Okay, we all, we're all conspiracy theorists. We all come across the concept of the earth being flat. We all fall in love with it some, to different degrees. Some of us uh, get out on YouTube and claim that we're putting it out there to help people. I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. After a while, though, I realize I'm not. I do this because I don't like people. This is anti-social media for me. I want to punish everyone. And, and I, I use Flat Earth as a stepping stone to make myself feel better than other people. And so does Nathan. And so does everyone else that's a Flat Earther. And that's why Patricia's out there pumping it. That's why Mark's out there pumping it. That's why Nathan latched onto them. All right, well, let me okay. try and work with you here. So I do, I, the part about people wanting to feel smarter than others, I do agree with you. That's a large motivation for many people who are here, not just in Flat Earth, but everywhere in life. The man who reads this book that he bought about this topic feels smarter and the woman who watched this documentary and people want to feel smarter than others. That's a natural drive. So I, I agree with you about that, but I'm still not sure you've explained to us what is wrong or bad about myself or Nathan or yourself or Martin or Timmy Osmond sitting around having this conversation I don't monetize my channel with ads, but let's just say that I did put a few ads in there. 
so the people who are watching have to click off the ads or click the ads or whatever. I'm still not sure you've explained how any of that is in any way a bad or a negative thing. Uh, if you personally feel like it's negative for you, that's one thing, but how is it bad for everyone else? Can you explain that to us? Okay, because you, you got the potato crew and you got them out there talking about peace and love. We know it's all bullshit. We know that they're all backstabbers and that they play games behind the scenes. Everybody fucking knows it. I don't know why people try to act like they don't. They got all their little fanboys and fangirls following them around in denial. It's stupid. We're all fucking energy vampires. Okay, and then, and then, then you come along and you go against them. I think primarily it's a contrarian thing. You know, I know that, you know, no one's ever going to know if the earth is round or flat. We all know that now. So for, I mean, so you're kind of like a large source of the infighting, but I all love right, so, it. So let me just respond to that. So I call this show, this is the pilot episode. You and the other three men on the panel right now are all members of the pilot episode of Meta Fay, Meta Flat Earth. The reason why I want to focus on the meta aspects is because I agree with you. I'm not going to know the shape of the earth. Maybe someone in the future will. Maybe someone does today, but I'm not going to. I don't think any of the people in the live chat are going to. And I think there are people who would be more than happy to spend the next five years doing the same thing, debating with the normies about Helios, like pointing out that they don't know their own story very well and having debates and talking about the earth is flat and there's no curvature. They would love to spend the next five years doing this because they're quite happy with how things are right now. They're getting attention. They're getting money. They're getting more subscribers. They're happy, right? Whereas me, I found this stuff boring a year ago, which is why I stopped my ball at Skeptic Roundtable when I did. Uh, David and Ben wanted to keep that show going. I was like, no, I want to go on hiatus and it's an ongoing hiatus. So that part, I'm with you. But that doesn't mean that there's nothing to be gained from talking about this from the meta aspect, from looking at the sociological aspect, the psychological aspect. What happens to people if we've all been indoctrinated into heliocentrism and it's bullshit and everyone on this panel knows that is the case, Everyone in the live, most of the people in the live chat, they're aware that this is the case, that heliocentrism, most people are after 13 years of school still can't prove to you that we're spinning, but they fully, they complete, they believe it with a passion that is rivaled only by the other organized religions, right? That's a big deal. Learning that you've been indoctrinated into something that you cannot prove, that's a big deal for people. What happens when they learn this? Some of them fall into YouTube crowds, YouTube, what I call cults. Some of them fall into it. Some of them fall out. They improve themselves. Some of them fight find themselves in worse situations. These are all very interesting things. What is the problem, VB, with talking about the meta aspects of Flat Earth? Well, I mean, for lack of a better term, I'm at, I'm at kind of an intellectual crossroads, I guess, where part of me wants to, part of me wishes that, you know, a lot less people knew about Flat Earth. I, part of me just wants it all to stop. Part of me just wants everybody to take their videos down and let us, the people who do believe it, because the people, people like me who believe the earth is flat, in our hearts, we know it. Okay, we, I know, and I know that the term knowing something carries a heavy connotation of ignorance and all this other crap. But we, you know, in our hearts, we feel it so much that we feel like we know it. And, and uh, I kind of like the fact that the normies don't know it. And I really wouldn't mind just living my life, you know, quote, knowing the big secret. And uh, everybody else can fuck off. I don't even care about spreading the word anymore. Well, uh, you and I have been hogging the mic for the last five minutes. So why don't we go in the round table, go to Nathan and then to Tim. Your thoughts on uh, VB's claim that we are energy vampires. Uh, over to you, Nathan. Uh, well, I kind of know what he's driving at. He's saying that the simple fact that we're here on YouTube it makes us kind of narcissistic or self self-indulging. 
Where, well, yeah, you can kind of buy that when you see how Google label us. You know, we're described as actors in Google Hangouts. That's how they label us. You know, they know what we are. They know what we're providing on this platform. So, mm, yeah, I can see the the I can kind of see the logic in terms of where he's going. Um, but you you kept on trying to bring it to a point that I tried to bang on about all the time, which is that you've got two different aspects. One that you're trying to completely slide away from. Um, I'm going to phrase it this way because I can. The fact that the Earth is flat. Let's slide that to one side and look at this thing in inverted commas called flat Earth and the people who gravitate it to, uh, towards it. Now, earlier I labelled John a flat Earther for this reason. You know, just discussing the meta aspects of flat Earth in my book makes him a flat Earther. I've decided to label my wife, who categorically thinks she lives on a globe. I'll label her a flat earther because she's huddled around the campfire looking at all of what's going on, engaged in the drama, sucked into what people are doing. You know, that's that's part of it. That's what we're involved in. And these are the sociological aspects of flat earth. Very little of it has anything to do with actually measuring the earth. And when it does, lots of people, including yourself, John, will be really critical of it. Globusters. For me, they are looking at it in detail and they will look at heliocentric beliefs and rip them apart. For me, they do it too much. You know, there's so much of their show that's tied up with actually explaining how the heliocentric belief works so that it can explain how it doesn't actually work in reality. And that for me just it implants so much more heliocentric belief in people. Maybe, I don't know, it's not something I've raised with any of the Globusters team, but certainly with other people, it may actually be you know, reinforcing the heliocentric model in some ways. I know Morgyle is also guilty of this. But yeah, for me, it is it is a fascinating thing to separate the details of, let's use a different term, the details of the concave Earth. Wow, a few people go crazy when you say those words. But it's much easier to look at a separate group like that and their social interactions. This is for flat earthers. Um, and go, wow, that, they're acting crazy. But as soon as you sort of point the finger back at yourself and look at flat earth beliefs, some people just can't do it and they can't have anybody criticise it. They can't have everybody else have a different opinion or challenge them. They just, they, they go mad. And perhaps to bring it back to your point, John, it's because they've had a long-standing belief shattered. You know, their understanding, their absolute understanding that they are spinning it has never been proven to them. Take that away from them. They're going to fall into traps. They're going to fall into cult-like behavior. They're going to follow the first person that tells them what they think is correct. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really, I think, one of the main motivations that was behind people like Tim Osman, Adam Moya at Upside Downhead. Even if somebody doesn't agree with the methods they went about what they were doing, I think if you go back and listen to what they said, especially listen to what Adam Moya said on an after show that I did, I think it was after my debate with Jeffrey C, maybe again, six, seven months ago now, listen to Adam's voice when he says that when he found this thing on YouTube, Flat Earth, when he realized he didn't live on a giant spinning ball, or at least he no longer was convinced that he did, what a profound effect it had on him. Then he started believing in the Flat Earth shows. At the time, I was hosting the Ball Air Skeptic Roundtable. Listen to what Adam said to me live on the air about how, you know, John, I really thought you were a Flat Earth. I, like, I know now that you, that you weren't, but at the time it seemed like you were. This is something I, I had a profound effect on me. I fell into the trap of thinking that some of these people were like my friends, but then I realized they weren't. And now I'm just trying to help other people see that these people aren't necessarily who you think they are. Now, those aren't Adam's exact words. I'm paraphrasing what he said, but go back and listen to what he said. These are people who feel as though 
there is deception taking place. They're trying to help others to not be so deceived. And is that is that a fair summation, Tim? Yes, you're a troll. Yes, sometimes you like to uh, wind people up for fun. I don't think you've ever denied that. But some of the work that you've done has been genuinely motivated by trying to help people see the flat earth leaders are not your friend. Is that a fair call? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I kind of fell into the Mark Sargent trap way back then and a little bit before that. But I thought it was interesting. I kind of almost entertained it for a little bit. I talked to some people about it. But then I became kind of upset that I kind of saw that it was um, a lie. And really, I I am a I do believe the heliocentric uh, baller model has more proof than anything we have thus far. Maybe it's a geocentric ball, quite possibly. Uh, but on the subject of validation boys, uh, vampire leech or whatever, uh, I just think we're having a conversation um, on the internet and people can choose to listen to us or not. Um, it has nothing to do with uh, mythical creatures sucking blood. I don't really get that. Um, the guy contradicts himself by saying, we can't prove it's a ball or a globe or a flat earth, you know, and then he says, I'm a dogmatist, you know, I'm a flat earth. And this kind of person, I don't, I don't think has any kind of credibility at all because he's already made up his mind. Basically, he's just kind of reaching for, for attention. I don't ask for credibility, bro, at all. I have my opinions, man. That's it. I'm not out here saying I am completely right and you're stupid if you don't believe me what do you but vb he does bring up a good point though you on the one hand you say that it can't be proven on the other hand you say you're a dogmatist are, are you as emotionally disinvested from all of this as perhaps you might like to be well i mean you know it's it's like i was saying it's a secret and it's fun knowing it but like when, when you say things like people are energy vampires, is there an element of projection involved in all of this where some of your own experiences with the flat earth scene have been negative, so now you're projecting that onto everyone else, myself included, the rest of us on the panel, the listeners, you're saying that you feel as though this has either taken some energy from you or you've taken some energy from it or whatever, and you're just projecting that onto everyone else. Is that really fair? It's absolutely fair. Why is everybody here? chatting in the chat saying talking all kind of trash to each other being nice to each other kissing certain people's asses everyone's playing games everything's a fucking game we're all you know the people that are on here maybe a little bit more alpha than others that are just you know just want to play on the sidelines but everybody here is just sucking and feeding man yeah, but like you use these terms, sucking and feeding. Obviously, you're being allegorical or metaphorical. But what what exactly do you think? Like you're talking to me here. We've spoken off the, off air before. Tell me when I do a show like this and people choose to listen. In what way, prima facie, in what way is it inherently bad? What we're doing? Can you can you give us one cogent argument to explain why that's your position? I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing being a parasite, but that's what we're doing. We're parasiting off people's energy. When you got on here, man, you were just like, you were, you were on fire, man. Someone in the comments said it. They're like, JLB's triggered. He's on fire right now. I mean, how do you explain that? But like, okay, so there's this idea of a non sequitur where somebody says, here's my conclusion and here are the reasons I think that. But the things that they give don't actually lead to the conclusion. So if I jumped on, on air today and started saying some things and people enjoyed it, they said I was on fire, whatever, no problemo. 
how does that equate to me being a parasite or a vampire or any of these things? Like what, what, are, you, what are you basing these things? Is it just emotion? Are you just working off emotion right now? I don't think so. I mean, I'm not saying that you're a vampire and a parasite and I'm not and Tim Osmond's not and Nathan's not. You know what I'm saying? We all are. Have I ever showed you anything other than love and respect? Have you know, I? Well, no, I, mean, I haven't. No, you, you fucking know I haven't. With all yeah. the shit you ever had, I've always been good. And I've had shit for being fucking friends with you. I have. He's trolling. Well, I always thought, well, I'll give the boy a chance. Well, listen to me a minute, boy. All right. I've given you fucking respect. You come in through all dark and demonic and drop in the vibe. What John's doing here is fucking epic. I love it, right? It's getting to truth through a proper fucking way, a proper media. And what you're suggesting is not happening here, okay? We are just fucking people getting together and getting it right, okay? We're getting things in perspective. You might have missed this, okay? You say you love it, Martin, but would you love it yeah, more? I love if... it. I do. I do. I love my brothers and sisters and John too. I well, let's let's just let each other speak. It's, we've, got to let, we've got to let people okay, say their piece. And I'll just, I'll just say from my perspective, I completely disagree with VB. I think he's emotionally invested in this and probably not in the best mental state right now. However, I'm not just going to say, well, he says I'm a vampire, so I'm going to attack him or shut him down. Even though I don't agree with what he's saying, he might be able to produce a logical argument. So I give him the chance to do that, right? There's, this is the point I'm trying to make to people. There's nothing wrong with listening to people who you disagree with, and there's nothing wrong with listening to people who are saying nasty things about you. In fact, it says a lot more positive about you that you can engage with these people, give them a chance to explain themselves, let them fail to present a logical argument. That works much better for you than getting triggered or getting emotional. So we'll go back to VB. I'll let VB and Martin carry on the conversation. VB, pick it up. Okay, so... Um, Martin, would you say you you love it more if you were off air just watching, or do you love it more because you're on the air right now too? No, no. When I when I first become a ponder flat earth, um, I was already very much into conspiracy theories. I'd already, you know, evolution was shit. You know, same road as we all went down, brother. Um, but I thought to myself, I had like this really niggling feeling inside that said, if I don't post and do this. I'm going to regret it for the, till the day I die. Now, it was a very profound thing that happened to me. So for me, with this mug and like being like well, common as shit, to be fucking perfectly frank, doing what I do, um, getting as far as I fucking got and doing what I do, sticking with the truth, sticking with light and love. And if I fucking fall off, I ask myself, can you tell me, can you tell me if I'm getting it wrong? And they do. They put me right. I help people every day, mate every day i ain't giving that up people get off drugs i've had i've had people turn to me when they had no one else to turn to brother people sat on the top of a mountain top on their suitcase and they ring me in wales and they say brother i don't know who else to turn to what am i gonna do i say you go back home to that freaking family and you take care of them they mean more than any all of this shit and i put him right he got back to me the morning after. I don't know what exactly how I put it, but he said, Martin, I am so fucking grateful. I don't know how to thank you. I'm like, forget it. Now, I do this shit constantly. You think I'm going to give that up? Because that's what it means to me, brother. I'm helping humanity, contradicting everything you just implied. I'm sorry. You're very yeah, wrong. You need to reanalyze your life. You can be love and light. You're dark, then. Yeah. You're, dark. You're coming through raspy. And, and noxious in your voice, brother. Everyone can fucking hear it in your posts. Try and lighten up, guys. We're just being love here 
and this is like an intellectual debate supposed to be like we're shoot we're you know loading the fucking term with a bullshit aren't we sorry john you're, you're no, that's all right. Well, let, we'll let VB respond. The point I keep trying to make to people is you can focus on emotions if you want and you can focus on personalities if you want, but you're only going to get as far as where you are right now, which is nowhere. If you want to try and establish facts and maybe even get to the truth, you need to focus on the arguments, the evidence, the logic and the reason. So rather than focus on VB's uh, demeanor, let's just look at his arguments. VB, do you have any logical arguments, evidence-based arguments you can respond with in response to Martin or my questions about where you're going with all of this. All I'm saying is that with everything Martin just said, I heard a whole lot of me, me, me. I'm so this, I'm so great. I fight for this and I'm so proud of it. And you know what? That's fine, dude. I mean, I make my videos and I do it for, you know, similar, very similar reasons. Okay. But what we all really need to do right now is examine ourselves and come to terms with the fact that nobody knows if this thing is a ball or flat, no, we don't know shit, man. We're all completely in the dark. And some of us know more stuff than others, but how do we trust any of that shit anymore? Now it's a matter of coming to terms with the, uh, the fact that it, the only thing that matters now is what happens to you after you die. Well, I'll say with the greatest of respect, VB, it does seem as though you're sort of jumping from topic to topic and claim to claim. It's difficult to have a conversation when you're going from one thing to the next to the next. So what we might do is put a line under that one. But before we do, because I want to move on to one more topic and then wrap the show up. Before we do, both Nathan and Timmy Osman have been pretty quiet. So we'll go first to you there, Nathan. This broader idea of people like you or me or people in the live chat are somehow uh, taking other people's energy or doing something wrong. Do you have any... Any basic responses to that, or can we move on? Yeah, I think move on. And Timmy Osman, we lost you for a bit there, but you're back. Can we? Uh, are you in loud and clear? Yeah, yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, let's let's move on, please. All right, sweet. So there's one more topic because time is we're, we're already well way over way over time, but there is one topic that was brought up that I'd love to talk about. And Tim, you talked about the ultimate goal. Now, if you go back and listen to Baller Skeptic Twelve, our a season finale. Most of the people who'd been on during the show joined us for that episode as well. So we had Mark Sargent, we had Jeronism, we had, um, I don't think we had Stinky Cash or um, my, pers my Perspective, but we had everyone else who'd been on the show. Stars Our Souls was there as well, myself. Oh, there was 10. There was 10 of us there, I'm pretty sure. It was a big round table. A little bit awkward to have that many people trying to converse. But there was one topic I tried to get everyone's opinion on, which was, where is this going? Where do you see this flat earth movement, so-called movement? Where do you see it going? And I wanted to get people's opinions. That's what I want to do right now. I want your opinion on why you're here and where you see this going. And then maybe expand on if those two things even go hand in hand. And since you have been the most quiet, we'll go first to uh, Nathan there. Nathan, what what is it that leads you to still do as much work as you do? And where do you see that work going? What effect do you think it'll have? Where is this whole flat earth thing going in your opinion? Uh, that's a, a very good question and it's the answer to the question. Um, so basically, I don't know where it's going, um, but that's why I'm here. So like Martin said, although it was twisted in the very validation boy way that he does into being something negative and, and uh, self-fulfilling, it's a compelling thing that I've come across. Nothing has ever compelled me to make videos in the way that this has. I've documented what I've done at work to help what I do at work, which was selling hi-fi. 
but it wasn't the primary purpose of the making of the video. Flat Earth is. So although I don't know where it's going to end, I think it's a fascinating thing to share with others. My experience within Flat Earth from my first video, maybe 12, 15 months ago, something like that, um, being a naive Flat Earth and not knowing a great deal, but just saying, I found this nugget of information to you know having discussions with you um uh, uh, and uh, having people challenge those ideas that's a, a really fascinating journey for me and i just want to share that with viewers i think it's interesting for me i hope it's interesting for people to watch as soon as it stops being interesting for people to watch the chances are i would probably continue making the videos because i'm you know i'm entertaining myself as as tragic as this may sound i watch my own videos and anybody who says, oh, that's terrible, I know for a fact that lots of people watch their own videos. That's just the way it goes. You said about watching his story is written. You know, essentially, that's one of your videos. You made that video if you want to look at it in those terms. And I make the videos for me. So, so long as I'm kept entertained, I'm happy. So long as I can still watch the videos back after. And you said about not deleting your videos. That really does do my head in when people do that. It's like... The whole purpose of me making them is, is for it to be documented. Being wrong is something I like to take ownership of. You know, I definitely don't want to delete a video where I've got it completely wrong because you can't show progression, you can't show growth. If you if you delete that kind of stuff, it just it just seems like you're kind of hiding from errors that you've made. And life's all about making mistakes. You know, anybody who's been a you know 13 year old kid fumbling his way through adolescence will know that 90% of it is, is errors in judgment when you've got everyone around you telling you what the right thing to do is. Well, you know, that's generally a bit boring. Making mistakes is good. You know, being challenged is good. And that's kind of why I'm here now. It's part of my my, my journey, my, my videographication, if that's even a word, 5am um you know of, of what i'm doing and what i've seen and what i'm discovering and what other people discover so, so if i can I paraphrase, paraphrase nathan if i can just paraphrase quickly is it fair to say then that firstly you don't claim or pretend that flat earth is going to uh, change the world and you're not here to change the world you're here to document your journey share it with others who are interested if you can make some money off the ad revenue that's a bonus as well but you're not pretending to people that you sitting on your couch talking about this or people sitting in their lounge rooms listening to you is going to change the world. Is that a fair, am I fairly representing you there? You're not claiming that this is going to be world changing. Absolutely not. I've got three and a half thousand subscribers. Excellent. And, and the reason I wanted to, to sort of make a finer point of that is because I think if people are honest enough to say, I'm doing this for me, I enjoy talking about it. I enjoy talking to those people about it. Some people enjoy listening to me. By doing this, it's caused me to go and do other research and I'm benefiting. And if it does help other people, great. But I'm not for a second pretending that this is going to change the world. I think, I think that's perfectly fine. I think it's logical and reasonable. I think a lot of people have an issue with some of the other characters at your level in this scene who do carry on as though this is going to change the world. It's going to go from 5% to 95% overnight. Those are the kind of people that some of us have an issue with because clearly they're selling hope to people who otherwise pretty well hopeless Nathan what say you well there's a kind of blurring between the the lines of definitions here so changing the world yeah absolutely you know if you want to take it at its most literal level most people 
if, if someone's watching this, they're Joe Bloggs, picked out the street, they're watching this show right now, they will start the show thinking that they're spinning at a thousand miles an hour, hurtling through space. You know, don't get me wrong, Tim Osmond, all power to you, you say it's the most evidence-based. Fine, I can understand it. But you're still presumably not dogmatic enough to say that that's absolute fact, like Joe Bloggs public, the average schmo who sits in front of the show would say. So their world would very literally change if they came across some of the information and concepts and ideas that are being put across. But that world-changing event is, is an individual thing. And this is where you get your parallels with belief and faith and religions, because it's an individual thing. So to say that something that has made me so compelled, me as the individual, to make videos is going to change others, well, uh, no, I just think it's, you know, more more about my own discoveries and my own beliefs. If I share it with someone else and it does change their world, fantastic. More power to that one, two, three individuals that might be affected in my subscriber base. You know, it's absolutely nothing. Cool. That's, that's, I'm really glad to, I'm actually pleasantly surprised to hear all of that. And uh, I agree with the sentiments. If I'm hearing you right, I agree with the sentiments 100%. doesn't mean I agree with everything you say or do, just like you wouldn't agree with everything I say or do. But if you're sitting there saying, I do this for my benefit, some other people benefit too, which makes me feel good. I make some uh, YouTube money from it as well. I say that's terrific. Like that's, I've got no issue with that whatsoever. If you have a show that's dedicated to Flat Earth where you actually talk about well, we can't see curve and the plane, I won't listen, but I don't have to listen. Do you see what I'm trying to say? And that's, I think a lot of people, this gets lost. People don't realize, well, you don't, you don't have to listen. If people want to talk about things and you want to tune in, you can. And I personally don't see a problem with that. Where's it all going? Well, we'll go to Tim next. Uh, Timmy Osman, you, like I said, I think your motivations for some of what you did in the past were 100% spot on. You were working from the heart. So was Adam. So was Ed Upside Down Head. And you wanted to help people who you thought might be getting misled not being misled. It's been six or seven months since then. My first question to you is, how many people do you think you helped to not go down what you saw as the wrong path? And here at the end of 2016, where do you see all this going, say, for the next 12 months? Um, well, to what I know, there were 15 to 20 people that actually came out and thanked me, which was kind of surprising to me. I didn't think I'd get anything, but there could be others. Um, and that's great, but uh, recently I actually have removed uh, Tim Osman and Cognitive Dissonance. I'm actually going to be pretty much done with the whole truth or conspiracy realm. Um, I do appreciate what the Flat Earth has brought to me in my life. Um, it's definitely showed me how gullible I can be and how gullible some people are uh, based on their emotional um, investment that they have in something that they think that they have over people. And uh, I think it's very unhealthy. Um, I'm actually going to be spending my time doing way different things. But as far as the uh, whole Flat Earth movement, um, I think it'll continue. Um, it's going to be the ancient aliens, you know, corner own little corner of the YouTube, and um, I just uh, I, I didn't I didn't agree with the complete neglect that people have to have to believe in such a uh, just a complete paradigm change, and uh, that neglect actually has made people uh, their, their lives some of them some of them maybe even great, but 
some of them have had bad relationships um, and they've had uh, just, you know, some people have sold their houses, going to go across the country to spread the flat earth truth. So sometimes you got to watch what you say to certain people because you don't know who you're influencing and what they're going to do because there's a huge fork in the road at that point when you've completely changed someone's life. Uh, and usually it's for the negative with such a taboo topic as flat earth. So You made a couple points. I want to just um, sort of ask you a couple follow-up questions. The, the first one, with the, the taboo topics, bringing these up, talking about them and changing people's lives, I completely agree with you about that. And I said to Nathan on our His Story is Written um, interview or show that we, that we did together that there's a duty of care that's involved in all of this. And it took going through the baller skeptic stuff and everything subsequent for this to really hit home to me. It's like I can sit there and point out many of the problems with heliocentrism why I don't believe it, et cetera. And I can say, well, I can walk away from heliocentrism. What I didn't realize at the time was that so many people went straight from from being normal, I guess, to being flat earthers, right? I left a huge, not just me, there were many people, okay, I'm one of me, but those of us who were attacking heliocentrism, we left a big vacuum that was then filled by people who I think, many of them are nefarious, or they're charlatans, right? And so there's a duty of care involved in what I'm doing to stress constantly that just because I don't believe in something, does it, firstly, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't believe it. But secondly, if you agree with me that heliocentrism is nonsense, it doesn't mean you have to go to flat earth. Is it fair to say, Tim, that there was a period where you maybe internally did identify as a flat earther? Yeah, I, I actually, um, I th- I'm trying to think, I think it was between about two to three weeks. Uh, really, I, the only thing that I will admit is that I really entertained the fact and that means that I talked to quite a few people about it, even people in our old truther community that were doing the 24-hour shows back then. Um, so, yeah, I did get uh, influenced by it because I was so conspiratorial-minded that you could probably make up it's a square shape or something. And at that time in my life, I literally probably would have believed it. So, uh, yeah, part and parcel. Another point that you made that I wanted to pick up on was you talk about how Flat Earth will become the new ancient aliens, I guess like a cottage industry where there'll constantly be someone who wants to listen to this stuff, so there'll constantly be someone who wants to give this stuff out, right? And whether it's the current leading crop of Flat Earth proponents or it's uh, some other group a year, five years, ten years down the track, so long as there's an audience for this, there'll be a person on the stage to present the information, right? Do you suppose suppose someone does believe in flat Earth, Tim? Like they they really do believe it, even if you and I might think they're wrong. Suppose someone does believe the Earth is flat, and they spend the next five or ten years doing a weekly show, talking about flat Earth, uh, making some money from ads or subscriptions or whatever they do. Uh, if they really believe that the Earth is flat, do you think it's the job of people like me or you to try and expose them, or is it a case of well, lots of people out there believe lots of crazy things? let as long as they're as long as they're not intentionally you know stealing money from people or misleading them about balloon experiments and other bullshit if they're just genuinely sitting around talking making money from from ads or from whatever do you think that that's problematic and it should be stopped or do you think we should just let just let them be man people will just want to believe in ancient aliens or flat earth or whatever should we just let them be yeah i i think we should definitely let them be um, there's actually a whole new channel called Earth Debates, and they, they get, you know, 30, 40 viewers, and I think it's almost a 24-hour podcast, but 
you get a lot of the atheist uh, global believers in there, and they pretty much all just say the same thing. Um, a lot of it, even the guy that I talked to, the NASA guy that uh, you made a video about a while back that he didn't know Buzz Aldrin was a Mason or whatever, um, they all express their concerns pretty much in the same way. But at the same time, like me and you, John, I think that we're very interested in the social aspect of it. So that's kind of in captivating in and of itself. But then there is some kind of need when you hear people mixing in legitimate conspiracies like 9-11 and others and um, pretty much muddy the waters um, with any legitimacy we could have had because this is an absolute fringe topic that, you know, I even when Mark Sargent was around uh, his clues and stuff, they were reporting it on the mainstream and stuff saying this, these people believe in 9-11 conspiracies and this and that. So um, it, it's, it's interesting to see the, the people that do believe in the globe that will spend hours and hours trying to pry in and, and tell different knowledge that these people think that they have. And they're so neglecting of the information that I believe that these people will believe it probably until the day they die. Yeah, I think you're completely right about that. And I want to touch on that when we wrap up the show in a few minutes. But before we do, I want to go over to Martin Leadkey coming to us live from Great Britain, Wales, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Martin, I'm can... from Wales. Are you from New South Wales, the other one? <laughs> in Australia? Uh, no, actually, funny you say that. New South Wales is our la- is our largest state by population. I grew up, oh, right. in, Vic- <laughs> I grew up in Victoria, which is just below oh. it. And then I spent five years in uh, Brisbane, which is just above it but I've never lived in New South Wales, funnily enough. But uh, what I want to know, Martin, is you've been in this now for about a year, I think, give or take some time. Correct oh, me if I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What I want to know is, similar with Nathan, what is it truly that motivates you to keep putting so much time? Because if you're being honest, yes. this is the biggest thing in your life outside of work, I would imagine, possibly even more time than work, I don't know. So this is the, one of the biggest things in your life. What, what truly motivates you to do what you do and what effect do you think that's going to have Okay. One year, five years, ten years. What, what, where do you really see this all headed? Well, I'll be as brief as possible um, because I've got this pretty much uh, sewn up in my mind. Um, firstly, I'm sorry for um, blasting on um, V Boy. Uh, I didn't mean to disrespect you, John. Uh, you say, oh, John, I wouldn't do that again. Just no, 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 for the, no, 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 and you can't listen to podcasts with people. I can't listen to podcasts with people talking over each other. So my logic is, even if I disagree with you, I'll let you speak for a minute. Then someone else can speak, and we'll just let's have a adult conversation. But um, yeah. if you're in the habit of just doing Google Hangouts, it can be difficult to go from that format into a JLB format because they're they're chalk and cheese. But uh, no, it's all good, dude. No, no, it's fine. I, I really would prefer it run like that. I, I do apologize. Um, I won't let it happen again. Um, I, I, to be honest, John, I I, would, I wanted to come on here to actually just actually get to know you more about you um you know i actually quite like you i think i watch you quite often and i like the way you come from um leaving flat earth aside we still got the problem with uh, you know the new world doors and everything else beefing up in the background that is a reality surely everyone knows this uh, you must know it yourself um so i with me personally right i know it it sounds fanciful i know it sounds insane my personal belief is that um, if it doesn't uh, 
seep into the consciousness and change the paradigm of humanity where everyone becomes good human beings because they believe that God is here, it's a creation, and everyone is going to be uh, basically judged. So everyone's going to have to start behaving and treating one another nice. Now, this would be a beautiful thing for me. Now, hang on. Now, if we don't get there, right, now, I've set my intent, I want that. Okay, that's my vision. If we don't get that, then my vision would be to have, like, sort of um, utopias of um, organic growing, um, looking after ourselves, trying to be free from the uh, straw man, whatever. This is what I would like personally, and it's flat earth, although I am a flat earther, hardcore, it's um, a useful tool for, um, I, you just suggested earlier, Tim, Tim, millions of apologies for all the shitty things I've said to you in the past, okay? I really mean this. I do. I'm sorry. Um, but um, I don't um, agree with um, his, um, what he just said, actually, uh, none of it um, at all. You have to be, if you were me, um, I'd think of this as actually a real event and a real paradigm shift. Uh, we are in the crossroads of humanity, guys. You've got to admit this. We're either shit or bust time. You can see what they're up to. Um, I think the um, flat earth is um, is pivotal in this. I really do. I, I don't care if people sound fanciful. People got to realise the, the sense in, in, in what is happening here. We, you, you've read um, Ceticism, haven't you, John? You've actually read uh, Ceticism Astronomy, haven't you? I know you have. Uh, I read five different books. So I read... Um, I know you read them. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you like if I've read that particular one off the top of my head. But um, I read the books by Carpenter. I read, there's like four or five that are all listed on the Flat Earth Conspiracy Forum where you can just download the PDF. And I read, uh, I read all of them from, uh, from start to finish. But I don't want to say definitively that I read that particular one because without my no, notes in front of me. I, I got the same download of all MQC books. So I've been working through Carpenter and all of that. Um, I find it so compelling. I find it hard to deny, you know, the, the you know, we've never, they've never studied motion of the earth. I don't feel like I'm spinning at breakneck speed. Um, and I seem to have this intuitive thing inside, which just tells me that um, I'm just not on a ball with all that. You know, there was dust rising in here yesterday. How can there be dust rising? You had trillions of tons of water hanging on a spinning ball, pray tell. Um, is it just me? Yeah, but Martin, um, forgive me. me. Forgive me for interrupting. <laughs> Again, we're getting I into this sorry. stage where the way that you feel about flat Earth, well, you've felt about flat Earth yeah. in the past, right? That's not really indicative of where this is all going. Now, it might be the case that people like yourself and others continue to feel this sense of um, euphoria or hope or whatever it is that you feel because of flat Earth into the future, and more people might join you. That's fine. What I'm more interested in is what effect you expect to have on the world doing the work that you're doing, making the shows that you make, watching Positive countless. I mean, you could not count. If you try to count the number of hours that the typical flat earth uh, believer has spent uh, listening to others for over the past year, uh, on a quick like on a quick back of the envelope, you're looking at a couple of hours for a show, maybe a couple of shows a week. Some people in the live chat, they seem to be in almost every show. But let's go conservative. We're talking a couple of shows a week, a couple of hours a pop. Let's just say conservatively, five hours a week, conservatively. Well, there's 50 weeks in a year. So there's well over 200 hours that people have spent listening to other people talk about Flat Earth, right? So what I'm asking you is, what effect do you think that that's going to have on the world or on anybody over the next period of time? Hopefully a positive one. I pray a positive one. From from my perspective, I, I think the world is, you know, the, the, the powers that be really don't, if it is a planet that you're on, 
you can't deny that they are busy trashing it without any any consideration for the future. And I think of uh, you know my children, my grandchildren, the future. You know when I'm not here, no, they carry on on this psychopathic trail of destruction, which they're on. Then we're doomed. You know where do I go? The forests. I mean, even if even if the globe to me is a myth, even if that's true, you can't deny that we are in a, in a troubled time. Something has to change now. Um, what is wrong with envisioning an intent for a positive future? Uh, I don't think I'm doing anything wrong. I look, I do worry about my um, subs, John. I do. If anything happened to one of them because of me, I, I don't know how I would live with myself. I really don't. And I do, you know, I'll say I lay awake at night, but I really do give this a lot of thought. It is, you know, it's a dire responsibility. It really is. And I don't take it lightly. So this is where I take care. To be honest, when you bollocked me once for me saying math is bunk, you were completely right. I shouldn't have said it. But I was in that effy bias stage. I've moved out of that, John. I'm willing to consider what we're doing now. Um, I think it's a way forward. I really do to, to consider all of it. Well, I'd, I would love to chat for another two hours, but this um, this chat has already gone way over time, so we'll have to reconvene at a future date. But before I give everyone a chance for their final thoughts, there's another thing I want to throw in there. We almost, when we're listening to each other, have lots of questions for each other. I want to give each one of you a chance to ask a direct, if you want to be direct question to one of the other members on the panel. And again, like we're not, we're not all friends here, but we're not enemies. We're just having an adult conversation. I want to go first to Tim. Is there a question that you'd like to ask myself or Martin or Nathan, a direct question if needs be, that you'd like an answer to live on the air? Is there anything you'd like to ask any of us before we wrap it up? Yeah, thank you, John. Um, actually, I would actually like to ask you who owned JohnLeBond.com previously, the guy that um, was like a weight instructor. Uh, do you know that guy or have you even looked at the Wayback Machine at that? Uh, I haven't. I didn't know because when I bought JohnLeBond.com, and this is J-O-H-N-L-E-B-O-N.com, when I bought JohnLeBond.com, it was not taken. So um, I didn't have to pay a, a payback um, payment or anything like that. It was just there, so I got it instantly. I wasn't aware that because what you're what you're trying to say to me is that it was been it's previously been owned and then gone into uh, like it's become publicly available again. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Some uh, some dude. I was actually going to make a, a, a troll account on and troll you with it because it's like some fat dude that has a bunch of pictures of himself and got skinny and stuff. So I was just wondering about that. I've wondered about it for like a year. Okay, so you're wondering if if I was that fat guy who's uh, lost a bunch of weight and has reinvented himself as um, as a YouTube uh, <laughs> podcaster. Okay, that's that's a funny one. Well, I'll have to go and look at the Wayback Machine to see who this guy is. I do know though, like we can check this right now that just the regular John LeBon, like without the H, John LeBon. Pretty sure that one is owned by a personal trainer as well. We can just check this right now. Uh, here you go. So if you go to John LeBon without an H. There's a guy dude, calling himself Dude, the that's King. the Mandela effect. I've told people about this. I swear to God, your name used to be J-O-N LeBon. Nah, it's always been... Has it always been... Has it's it always, always been... Effect, it's always bro. been H, dude. So if you go to John LeBon <laughs> without the H, it's a pretty cool-looking website, actually. It's got... Well, his logo looks concerningly similar to mine. Not with the colors, but the, the letters in a circle. I don't like that. And... Because I, I saw this guy's website when I started mine, obviously, because I had to know, like, because I, I would have liked to have registered this one as well. And um, if he had have had such a, put it this way, if I had seen his logo like that, I wouldn't have made mine like mine. But 
if I already had mine, which I think I did before I checked his website, I would have, uh, I would have, well, I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't try and sue the guy, but that's not ideal. So he's got a similar logo to me, but it's, <laughs> but it's in a different font, no color. But yeah, he calls himself the King of Slim. So is this who you're talking about, um, Tim? Is it, are you yeah, talking I this? think so. I think so. It's, it's been like a year before I checked, but that's why I was asking if your mom's name was Faye because that's his mom's name. <laughs> he, okay, well, that, that works perfect because I'm calling this series um, yep. Meta Faye, but the Faye for F-E, like a, like a fancy pronunciation for it. So um, if his name, if, he, if his mum's name is Faye, then that is just proof of the possibility of coincidences then, isn't it? And some people try and tell Absolutely. you there's no such thing as coincidences. It's all, okay, fine. Without getting into that debate, these kinds of things do happen. But uh, there you go, everybody. If you want to learn about a man who lost a lot of weight and now helps others, go to johnlebon.com without the H and uh, you'll get a fitness presenter, personal trainer. But no, that's not me. And uh, I've never been obese. I was I was overweight back when I was in my early 20s. I um, didn't have a good diet. So even though I exercised a lot, I was uh, very flabby. But uh, I reckon I'm in pretty good shape right now. I think I'm about 77 kilos and uh, I'm feeling fantastic. But uh, thanks for the question, Tim. You're looking Tim. good, dude. Cheers, no, mate. I appreciate that. We'll go to Nathan. I know it's very late where, where you are. Is there any question that you want to ask myself, Timmy, or Martin live on the air? Uh, be directors, uh, be as direct as necessary. I've got to be honest, no, I'm, I'm good. I've got, I've got nothing to ask anybody. I'm, I'm happy as Larry. Perfect. And then, uh, Martin, any uh, other panel members you'd like to quiz on something important? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm happy as Larry too. I'm on, most, most respect to you, John. Thank you for uh, being invited. <laughs> Sorry if I misbehaved. Um, Tim, um, I know I get on your nerves a lot, but you're the most helpful troll I've ever known. <laughs> you too can be. <laughs> he, he trolls me, but he says you want to watch him. <laughs> he does. He cracks me up. Strange troll. Strange troll. All right. Well, this <laughs> but, segment you know, didn't go the way that I expected. Uh, I thought we'd all have much more uh, direct questions for each other. So um, that's all right. I'm going to try this one again in the future. Now we'll go to the final thoughts, which I always finish my shows with. And it has been a very long show. A big thanks to VB for joining us. He's not here anymore. He must have left the hangout. He wasn't booted, so he's left of his own accord. So we won't get his final thoughts, but we'll go uh, first in, last out. So who was it who joined me straight away? We'll just go to you there, Nathan. Any? It's been a big show. I've said a lot of things even before you guys got here. Obviously, your being here doesn't endorse everything that I've said. I've obviously said some critical things about people who you might consider as friends or colleagues or what have you. So uh, you being here doesn't endorse what I've been saying. But it has been a big show. Any final thoughts you want to leave uh, myself and the, and the viewers with now and into the future? Yeah, certainly. I mean, the main thing is to make that distinction between, and it's been a struggle, I'm sure you'll agree on this show, to distinguish between defining the earth and the arena we find ourselves in when we discuss people and their interactions. That has sod all to do with measuring the earth. They are two different things. And whenever you intertwine them, people will get emotionally charged. It's just hard for people to, to step back from their beliefs and just look at actual facts or appreciate that they're not even looking at facts. They're just looking at social interactions rather than details about what they're actually putting in the title of their videos. I know this, but I can use it to my advantage. Mark Sargent will tell people put flat earth in the title. Fine, if they're detailing specifically flat earth but most of the time they're not this is unfortunate but if you can pick this apart you'll find a, a better route to hopefully some information about that specific topic i.e the earth being flat 
That's fair enough. Well, a big thank you for joining us. If you can stick around for a couple of minutes, we might do a quick after show, uh, myself and you and uh, anyone else who wants to stick around. But uh, for this official episode zero, the pilot episode of MetaFay, a big thanks for you for joining me tonight. I didn't expect you to because it's some ridiculous hour in the morning where you are, but I think you've added a lot. And if I just can say in summation, if your position is that you like to sit around and talk about these things, and if other people like to listen, you've got no problem with that, then I've got no problem with you. I think that's I think that's perfectly fine. My issue is with the people who are here for other reasons, and I'll talk more about those in a future episode of Meta Faye. But then we move on to Martin Leadkey. Martin, I didn't send you the, the link invite. Someone else did, but it turned out well that you were here. I think we covered some important things. Any final thoughts for the pilot episode of what I think might become a more regular thing? Yeah, I think I think it is value, valuable what you just did. I think it's a really, really good uh, way you're thinking and way it's going. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Personally, um, I just really am going to just carry on with what I'm doing. I want to get more vocal. I want to get more out there. I want to get more big meats and I want to get more FE. That's just me personally. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I just go in the other end of the spectrum, but that is what I'm doing with my life. I've made sacrifices, John. I have, you know, for, for what I'm doing. I did. I, I, I was living with a wife for 27, 28 years, actually. Um, and I left it because of this lack. Um, can you believe that? I can believe it, Martin. I've been following this scene now for well over a year, and I know it does have a very powerful effect on people's lives. And I have been guilty in the past of saying, um, you know, making pithy criticisms of, of people and, you know, saying things that even if they weren't intended to upset people, I knew full well that they would. And uh, if if people go back and listen to what I've said all along, I want to try and find out what there is to learn, okay? And sometimes when you get involved in this kind of scene, you cross paths with people who are who are looking for something else. And um, I think myself and many others who have pointed out some of the problems with flat earth belief and with the, the flat earth scene, it's not it's not driven by an intention to, to hurt people, Martin. It's driven by no. an intention, rightly or wrongly, to stop people from over committing to something that might not really uh, be committed to them. Does that make sense? Good for you. And uh, and thank you very much, Martin. Stick around. A quick after show. I know it's late where you guys are, but I'd love to just yeah, touch no, a few things once we morning. leave. <laughs> the and the crowing out there. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the hours that you and Nathan keep, I I find. Look how tired I look, and I got to bed by like midnight last night. So I would I, would, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't cope. So I uh, will go to Timmy Osman. Tim, I had no idea that you would join us, but I'm very glad that you did. I think you have done some good work in the past. I hope that yourself, Adam and Ed reconvene if for no other reason than a little reunion to reminisce about what you did back in early 2016 but for this episode episode zero the pilot episode of meta Fay, any final thoughts to leave with the listeners yeah i think um all of us flat earthers globe earthers whatever included pretty much everyone in the chat on the panel i think we can all agree that we probably learned more about the earth in the past year and a half or so than we probably did ever in school or even college or anything like that. I I had astronomy and I didn't learn half the shit that we, I've learned throughout this journey. So, um, and and I've I've talked with many of the global people that believe are the same way. They they are happy, um, kind of <laughs> that this flat Earth thing happened because they learned a lot as well. Um, but they are kind of dead set now to you know keep doing what they're doing, debunking. But um, I think it's important for the people that do believe in the, the flat earth to 
not say that I'm a dogmatist, um, not, you know, have, have a little bit of skepticism still, um, like you did in the globe model, um, definitely have some skepticism and, and have the ability to think that what you are thinking is now true could be untrue. Um, that's what started me on my journey, uh, researching the globe earth, um, after I kind of fell for the flat earth. And, um, that, that feeling was, uh, truthfully, I've never felt anything like it. I felt betrayed, but at the same time I was like, no, no, this is, this is definitely the truth. And I mean, I, I really battled with it for a couple of days once that, once that thought cropped up in my head. So I think it's important to be as skeptical on your new beliefs with basically no proof as the globe with basically no visual evidence or anything like that. So that's my input. Well, I appreciate that. And I have used your experience and also Adam's as well as a case study to explain to people that this, this can happen that people let's, let's pretend for argument's sake that the earth is not flat. Okay. Let's just pretend that it's not well. It's very easy for people who mean well, who realize they've been lied to about so many things by the government, by media, by academia, by the people around them, people who don't even know they're lying. They're just repeating lies. It's so easy for people once they realize all of that, whether they realize it through alternative uh, health or they realize it through questioning things like taxation and the government, things like libertarianism, whether they learn it through learning about World War II, aspects of World War II being complete lies, whatever it is that leads them to start questioning everything, very easy to suddenly get pulled into movements or communities or whatever these things are and to go along with group thinking. It's very easy. It can happen to above average intelligent people. It can happen to good people. It can happen to just about anyone. In fact, we live in a world where most people we interact with believe crazy things all the time, all kinds of crazy things. So it's not, it's not a case of saying, well, you're wrong. So you're a bad person. It's saying, well, if, if the flat earth is wrong, let's let's be honest with ourselves there's some problems with the belief system not necessarily doing you any favors and then once we've done that rather than saying well that's it that's the end of the game let's move on let's say hold on regardless of the shape of the earth there's something else going on here there are hundreds possibly thousands of people all around the world who rightly or wrongly think the earth is flat and they now think that they're part of a movement that will change the world they're documenting their beliefs they're stating live on camera or uploading videos from their phones talking about their feelings and how they view this or they view that, what's happening in their lives. These are case studies for an informal sociological study. We can look at what's happening to people in real life today. And for people like myself who don't watch television, don't watch movies, generally speaking, uh, don't spend much time sitting around doing nothing, but occasionally would like to just see what's going on. This is a great uh, way to do it because in, in theory, in hope, you get to learn a little bit. But at the same time, at least people like Nathan and possibly Patricia and others as well, uh, for, so far as we can tell, so far as evidence can tell us, they're not getting paid to do what they do. They might well be real people. I might. You don't know me. For all you know, I'm a real person who's just expressing what he thinks. At least we're listening to people who might have something in common with us rather than sitting in front of a television uh, that's been scripted to program our brains to believe ridiculous nonsense, which is exactly what television is. And if I can give you one example of that, why do you think they call that show Modern Family? Why do you think that's called Modern Family? That's the kind of shit most people are sitting around watching, scripted, acted nonsense. At the very worst, at least this scene, if it's just a couple of hours a week, 
it's a release. You get to get your little fix of drama. And the people that you're watching might actually, some of them, uh, be real people. And I think that's cool. So you can expect going forward, MetaFay will become a thing. Might take me a week or two to get into regular shows, but that's what will be happening. Meta Fay. This is the start of something very special because we've spent enough time now. People have spent enough time now saying, oh, the Earth's flat. No, it's a giant ball hurtling through space and there's a big black hole. That If you haven't heard enough of that by now, you'll never hear enough of it. Seriously, if 12, 15, 18 months of that isn't enough for you, there never will be a limit for you, right? But for those of us who have said, you know what? Flat, heliocentrism, neither. There's more to talk about here. Let's focus on that. Let's do it in an adult way, calmly, rationally, talk to people we disagree with, talk to people who disagree with us, try and avoid calling people names or getting emotionally triggered, try to avoid banning people from a live chat just because they disagree. If you're ready for that kind of thing, then I think you're ready for MetaFay, and very soon, MetaFay will be ready for you. For those of you who missed the start of the show, remember, go to my website, johnlebon.com, you'll find a podcast, JLB, no, the Heliocentrists versus JLB. If you do still want to hear heliocentrists get taken down a peg, then listen to that podcast with myself, Reds Rhetoric, Sean Hufford, etc. I make a mess of them. People who strongly believe stuff about the shape of the earth, be it flat or giant spinning ball going through space, generally they hold that belief so strongly to them they can't see how deluded they are, and people like me can make a mess of them. That's what skeptics do. So a huge thanks to VB for joining us. He's left us now. Big thanks to Timmy Osman for making a little cameo appearance. Hope he sticks around for long enough to do another show with Adam and at Upside Down Head. Martin Leadkey, live from Wales. Appreciate you joining. And Nathan Oakley, who, without whom, this show wouldn't have happened because it was me moderating his chat earlier today that inspired me to do this uh, hangout. So a big thanks to all of them. Thanks to the listeners. Been about 60 or 70 uh, for most of the show. Thanks to the moderators. I don't know if they banned anyone or deleted any comments. I'm, I hope they didn't, but um, I wasn't watching. I was too busy doing the show. But a thanks to the moderators as well. And uh, yeah, feel free to leave any comments or questions in the comment section below. John the Bond, one, two, three at gmail.com if you've got any questions. And uh, that's about that. So MetaFay episode zero on the 25th of October, 2016. I've enjoyed it. Hope you have as well. And I'll see you sooner rather than later for MetaFay episode one. Until then, you take care of yourselves.